This Tuesday, Ireland head to Sweden in a bid to keep their World Cup hopes alive. Five yards out, in towards O'Sullivan with the header! And a hat-trick! Full live and exclusive commentary on Tuesday at 5.30, only on OTB Sports Radio. The Football Pod on OTB Sports, in partnership with AIB. Proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Hello there, and you're very welcome along to episode 12 of The Football Pod, which is brought to you in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GEA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. Paddy Andrews, how does that sound? <laughs> that sounds magic. 41 episodes in and we're sponsored. Finally. Someone's yeah. seen some sort of use in us. Fair play. 11 Great good to have episodes. AIB on board. Say that again there, James. 11 good episodes in. Oh, there you go. Maybe maybe that's the coincidence. Maybe it's the James O'Donoghue touch. No one that touches with a badge foul until O'Donoghue came on board. Like, look at him there. The money man. AIB, right? Putting it up. Or maybe it was the fact. <laughs> maybe it was the fact that Paddy Andrews finally let rip on life with the dubs and went viral last week. Paddy, did you feel the pressure? Over 250,000 people watched that yarn last week. Michael Darren McCauley catching you out. I actually thought everyone in the country had heard that story before. Mick McCauley told that on TV. Many, I think the year it came out, yeah. He was on a, was on a TV like show. No, no. He put me on the spot, but uh, I swear to God, my phone was hopping. Yeah, it was. <laughs> from, from that guy. It was all different WhatsApp groups. We're going, is this legit? And I was like, yeah, unfortunately it is. So it just took nine years for the, for the truth to come out. There you go. But glad the listeners enjoyed it. Yeah, and maybe that's why... The sponsors are queuing up now, is it? Yeah, that's we a good story every week now, do we? Yeah, that's it. The pressure's on James O'Donoghue this week to deliver. Surely the lads in Kerry have a good drinking story. Or maybe not. <laughs> I we'll can guarantee they do. We were far better behaved. I, be- I believe that. Maybe you should have went for a few points. He's might have beaten us once. <laughs> oh, that's a low blow. No, yeah, to be fair, probably. But you have to enjoy, you have to enjoy it. I think it is It is getting a bit to the stage now where teams aren't even going out and enjoying the, their successes. Like I think it is going a bit more like that. Do you think? I think so. I think that's the feel around the place that it's just not as... Like, I, I always think that the team gets way closer together after a couple of those stories. Like You probably had a joke about that story every night for a couple of months. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> it's not great when you're the butt of the joke, but but yeah, no, I do. I hear you. I hear you. The best part of it by a mile was when he goes, "Oh, that's my sister, Barrett Pastor." We're out the back. I love that, and I know you toned it down for us last week as well, Paddy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. There's right. some young listeners on the pod as well, lads. You have to be cognizant of that. True, that's pretty. The worst part is me going back up the second time, it's like not actually copping it. I'm still not copping it. Double so, down. I promise I'm not I'm not normally that stupid, but uh Yeah, well drink well had been taken. Well done. That's why it was worth it. And we're not gonna live on past glories here in the football pod because we have oh. the entire championship to look forward to this week. We're having a look at the opening weekend. We're gonna look at the provincials, pick out some players to watch, some teams to watch. Um before we get into that though, it was a very, very, very busy weekend of sport. Paddy Andrews, surely you were glued to the couch all weekend watching Kerry win division two. Oh, James, and Mead winning the Division One title. Lads, with an absolute shambles of a schedule <laughs> over the weekend. What happened? Oh, so, yes, I could say Thursday, Friday. I was actually, we were away in Limerick 
with a, a college thing, funnily enough, networking uh, college events with our MBA. And there was a night out. And James, I can absolutely confirm, you're become a lot closer with your classmates when you've been on a night out in Limerick. So we're away Thursday and Friday, but, but watched a bit of the golf with the iPad with me. Saturday, watched the golf. By God, every shot all day. I started off Saturday, not great. I said I'd watch Man United, and that was the first mistake. That was always going to... Always going to be disaster. But it was. I was watching the golf and like, this is going to be phenomenal. But I had to go to a wedding yesterday, lads. And look, it was a great day out. I'm going to go on record. It was. It was a great wedding. One of, one of my wife's good friends. Okay. But it's also not great when City are playing Liverpool to probably decide the Premier League and the lads are in the mix in the master. So I, believe it or not, I didn't get to see a lot of sport yesterday. I had a vested interest. I had a few bob on Cameron Smith as well, right from the get-go. Ooh. I was thinking... Uh, yeah, you told me that Thursday. We were talking I Thursday. Did. I, and it's him and DJ. They're the two lads I backed and I was like, I'm right in this year. DJ kind of let me down a good bit, but still Cameron Smith was fighting the good fight for me. And I was following it on Twitter at the wedding in between some beautiful, beautiful speeches, obviously, of course. Who but, the uh, plans a wedding for Master Sunday? Did you not have the Masters? I, well, look, I can't comment on that. I can't comment on that. It was a great day out. Was it ideal? No, it wasn't. But I don't want to get anyone in trouble here. But I, it was a, a scheduling conflict, which was disappointing, shall I say. Did you have it on the phone when the speeches were going on? <laughs> I'm not going to make comments on these type of things <laughs> I'm not going to incriminate myself I was bad enough last week it was alright there, there was a good buddy of mine was there at the same table as me uh, Joey O'Brien uh, oh, soccer okay. player uh, yeah, yeah. Involved. I think he's assistant coach with Shells with Duffer oh, is he? so him and his wife he was played with Roberts yeah, yeah and West Ham and stuff so he'd be a good friend he's a uh, his wife was very good friends with, with my wife. So he was sitting beside me and he, he did have it on during the speeches, the City Liverpool game. So he was uh, it was a good man to be sitting beside at the wedding. Now. Yeah, we, we were multitasking. Okay, okay. okay. You, rearranged, you rearranged the names on the tables, did you? Sure <laughs> my wife was trying to sit beside me and I was like, no, 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 there's something on here with Joey. Like, I'll catch up with you later on. Table six into table nine to put it upside down. <laughs> James, you uh, you had a busy weekend on the sporting field this week. I did, I did. We had a match ourselves on Saturday, Ooh. and I watched all the golf. And all the <laughs> hold on a second, Matty Andrews. That I've told you before, one of my favorite things about the football pod is the community of listeners that we have developed here, and not a thing in the country goes amiss. Yeah, not a thing in the country doesn't reach our DMs. So I got mm. a DM on Sunday evening. Sent off, was he? How'd you know? Because I that's lads ratting me out last year. Yeah. My last act as a GA player today was getting sent off for a row out in Scaries. And by God, again, a load of DMs hopping. Ask Andrews about getting thrown a few scalps there on Saturday night. Well, Can't get away with that, Jimmy. You're a superstar if, now. I don't know if it was a Gina Gilla man who sent it in, but Gina Gula. Gina Gula. Hi, Tommy. Please don't forget to ask about James's red card this weekend playing for the club. He thought he was a certain UFC fighter. Who sent no that in? Who sent it in? I'm not going to rat him. I'm not Michael oh, Murphy. He ratted Mike, me out. So Michael, Mur- <laughs> Michael Murphy is his name. <laughs> <laughs> He's got shades on in his profile pic. Scotty Scheffler. <laughs> yeah. Was it- yeah, no, I got, I got a red card. I, it was harsh, very harsh. 
Straight red? Straight red, yeah. Oh. I heard there was a couple of red cards, though, in, that, in your game this weekend, was there? Feisty. It was one each. No, it was disappointing because, uh, you know, we probably would have won if we stayed with 15, but I was just, do you know what happened? We had a free, and I went to grab the ball, and next thing, obviously, their fellow went to grab it back off me. And as I took it then, I got a couple of pushes in the back, and I was being thrown around like a ragdoll. Next thing, headlock. I was like, this is, this is reckless here. And I kind of just went to push my man in the chest, but he I, I, went down holding his face anyway. And so you're innocent, just to clarify. I would class myself as innocent, but... I did, but just on it, Jimmy, I, I thought this is brilliant now having you done a good 10 minutes about keeping your cool last week. On that's the disappointing thing. I wasn't, even, I wasn't even angry. Do you know when you see red mist? This was just pure. I don't know what it was. It was stupid. Uh, do you know what's annoying? It's so annoying after the game when you're beaten then, and it was first half. Like, so. Ah. You, kind of, you didn't let just, you kind of let everyone down, didn't you? Family, yeah, yeah. parish. <laughs> The whole lot. Yeah, it was the whole lot. Before. Perfect storm. Do you know what you should do, Tommy, when you're editing this and putting out a clip? Put out like a split screen with Jimmy talking about last week and keeping yes. her cool and Clifford and put out this the sob story he's just given us here. Like, <laughs> well, I your man that. hit the deck and he was making a meal. I, went, oh. I heard you took him out, Jimmy. Tomahawk. Uh, Here's the most important question. Are you appealing it? The the appeal process is, is very tricky down here. And you have to go in basically with a, with a solicitor if you want to have any chance of getting off. Brazzy. So Brazzy's only across the road. He'll get you off. Brazzy will get me an extra two games. <laughs> he's gross. Oh, sorry, he's gross. Who is it against? <laughs> Lifetime ban if I brought Brazzy in. <laughs> Brazzy will get you off that. I'll send him a message there. <laughs> no, I don't know. No, I probably won't appeal it because... I'll just take my one or two games. Like okay, all right. It but yeah, I I think it's just matches rather than time. But the way it falls, I get two matches, so I will probably get like a month. It'll fall that's, in that's, a month. That's a that's a pain. Hard luck and uh, well, you're after getting you're after getting three black cards since I joined this pod, and mm-hmm. I'm on a red. I've only got the one. I got a black card in my debut. So lads, are losing your discipline. Like this this podcast has gone to your head, like. Well, I don't know how James can stand in the pulpit now if there's another brawl in the GA and, and start talking about... No, I think we'll just turn his mic off. Yeah, exactly. So, anyone from our man... <laughs> before you leave this, I must ask, because I was getting this. Was anyone giving you lip about the podcast? Have you got lip when you're playing a match about the podcast yet? No, nothing. Did you get lip last <laughs> year, did you? I was getting a bit of what I got. And that row, because I was... Uh, I was I'd had enough. I told you. I didn't want to be there. And the cheeky little... Yours was a late hit, Paddy, wasn't it? And did your fist... Yeah, for about the fifth away? one of that half. And I was like, I'm actually just not dealing with this one. <laughs> and some lad came in again and tried to do me. And I just said, you know what? I haven't thrown a punch since the 1980s. And I said, I'm giving it to this fella now. And that kicked off. And I wouldn't mind. I got about 15, I got about 15 punches myself. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I was a bit after. Straight into the car. Didn't even change. Home for the second half of one of the Euros games. It was great. But see, that's go. the thing. You might do. You might have one offence in this incident, and you could be on the receiving end of fifteen. Ah, oh, I got a right few slaps. Like, yeah. yeah. So it's now it's. Uh, so no respect, Jimmy. No respect out there. So it happens. Young guns. <laughs> Thought there was, an int- there was an interesting uh, tweet this week about Kerry Ga. 
Great to see that Jack O'Connor and his management team have released several members of the Kerry Intercounty and Extended Panel for club duty today and several more again tomorrow. These lads need, need game time and it benefits Kerry as well. Kiri Abu, hashtag Kerry forever. That's from the live score Kiri page. Live score Kerry page. James, that, that must make the games that bit more competitive at league level when county players have been released. But also for the inter-county players that perhaps aren't getting game time. This is brilliant. Yes. It's not, it's definitely not for the benefit of the county league that they're being released. It's Jack wanting to get time into these fellas, which is a no brainer for me. Throughout my career, because I had probably a lot of injuries, I was always kind of coming back and I needed to get some game time under my belt. And we were kind of slow with releasing players to the club, but it's so important just to, just to be involved in a pressure situation and see the ball and you know be involved again. And like if you're if you're involved in the county panel, you're coming back from an injury, or say you're on the bench for a couple of weeks in a row, hmm. you're in a bit of a rut. Like you're not getting the same intensity out of the weeks going by as the fellas who are getting all the minutes on the field. So they have to be sent back to the clubs. I think it was a big thing for me. I used to always argue. Go back to the club, even if it is a slightly lower standard. You you had those like, conversations with management before. I would have, yeah. I would and what have. happened? Are they shut down? Well, the argument is when you're coming back from an injury, which was kind of my situation. Usually, it was that a training session is more controlled, so they can say you might be struggling a bit here. Step out, whereas mm. you're not going to do that in a game situation. Um, and as well, it was a case of the standard inside in this panel is higher than a county Which league match. So mm. you can see the argument, but there's nothing like maybe the butterflies of a match going through the warm up and getting a few balls and a few hits that you're not going to get in a, in a training. Hand, getting your hands in, yeah. Well, Michael McMullen, um, journalist up north with Gaelic Life, tweeted that on the topic of county panelists playing a few games for clubs, here are a few numbers. Players that have started at least six National Football League games this year. Derry had 13. Antrim Tyrone from Man Cabin had 11. Donegal and Monaghan had 10. Armagh had 8 and down at 6. So there's a hell of a lot of players. If you take it, there's about 40 players in each of those panels. There's a hell of a lot of players that aren't getting many, much game time at all. Paddy, would this ever been a conversation in Dublin camp? Yeah, we, we always did this. Is this not? Or, 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 some, some counties, not some counties do, but some counties don't. We always would have had this hundred uh, percent. If you're like, if you're not in the top twelve players in a the squad, that are playing every minute of every game, we were all sent back for club games. Everyone, you need games, like hundred yeah. percent. Yeah. Now, like, if you're if you're like like Fenton or James McCarthy, who played every minute of every game, they wouldn't have played a lot because they didn't need games. And then it's a very different conversation where it's about managing your load and there's no need for you to go back mm. and run the risk of maybe playing a game and getting a bang or getting a knock or whatever. But for, for everyone else, ah, oh yeah. Like we would have had a lot of things. Dublin, a lot of our games were Saturday nights in the National League. And Croker with floodlights and all that stuff started coming in and there would be league, club league games on the Sunday morning. And we would have had, I'd have been in squads with Dublin in the early parts of the league where it might come on for 15 minutes in Croker on the Saturday night and you wouldn't get a whole point. 
we'll do a whole pod, but you play the next morning. You play the really? club match the next morning. Yeah. And we would have been all, I thought everyone kind of did this. You it's need matches. Ball. You can't just have 40 lads in the squad, lads getting no games with the squad and then still not being allowed to go back and play club games. Yeah, it happens. Happens in a lot oh, of counties. No. How does that make sense? Come on. Who's making calls like that? Ridiculous. You say you had a lot of games on a Saturday night. Nearly all our games were Saturday night, yeah. So it worked for us. We club league games on Sundays. And like Kerry could be going to Armagh on a Sunday morning. So if you're number 24 on the panel, you're not going to be released for, say, a Saturday no. club game. And you're also travelling up and down to Armagh, not getting mm. a game. Another week gone. Yeah, that that would yeah that wouldn't work. That but. that's where it is tricky. But I mean, they can they can probably work it a bit better than that. But yeah. But for the twenty four, Jimmy, that that are in the squad, there's like I said, it's probably twelve other lads there that aren't in the squad for the carrier arm match on the Sunday. They should be playing on the Saturday, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, for like for for like for Kerry this time, Kerry don't have a match for four or five weeks when the league final finish. So it's mm. great to see that they did release them. But for some counties, they're out now in two weeks or three weeks. So, I don't know, is there an argument there that... There's, there's a funny thing on this. A, a, a classmate of mine, and we were chatting, actually <laughs> having this conversation in a, in a lovely Limerick bar last Thursday night. Uh, Brian Hogan, uh, the old Kenny Hurland captain. Centre-back, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. A great man. Great man to have in your group in class as well. Very smart fella. And we were having a chat about this over to you, Guinness. I don't know how it came up. But Cody, obviously, with Kenny, was nearly... the He sent everyone back to the club. All their players, not whether whether you're a star player or not, Shefflin, all these guys go back with the club and play well with the club. Mm. Like you put a responsibility on them that don't be going back there ticking a the box. You need to perform there. And like they're one of the best teams ever. And that's how they worked it. That there was like everyone you get more and more out of matches, whether you've played ten games with Kenny and you've played every minute or you're your number thirty on the panel. That was Cody's approach to it and worked pretty well for him. <laughs> um so that was, it's an interesting take. Look, it comes down yeah. to the managers and stuff like that, but, but you've got to, I agree with you, James, 100%. You need, matches bring you on. Even if it's a slightly lower standard, the, you go out, you just get, get your eye in, you're probably getting a bit of lip off because you're the county player and they're probably getting a bit of rough treatment. So it just gets you into the game. You mm-hmm. kick a couple of scores, you get your confidence up. Can't beat games, lads. Even except if it's a slightly lower standard, but that's that would have been our approach with Dublin. Yeah, it seems like in 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 counties like Mayo, that's not happening. Now Mayo are out in two weeks, less than two weeks. They're playing um Galway in the championship. Obviously, the G had tried to bring in a club month before, but the, it's been changed now around. It's a split season now. We don't know how that's going to work out. In Monaghan, they play starred club games, league games where uh, county players are released for specific fixtures. And those games are worth an extra two points, I think. So, you, yeah, yeah. Well, it, and it's a system that seems to work really well. Now, Monaghan, and Monaghan, it's actually Monaghan club football is so competitive. Their league is actually linked to their championship. I'm not sure if many counties are like this. It definitely wasn't the way in Mead. Um, but your league is, is linked to your championship and has a huge, uh, um, impact in your championship. Yeah. So it's Monaghan have always been quite forward thinking in that regard. James, just it's interesting hearing you on this, like, because it does stand out that maybe the last three years of your inter-county career were punctured with injuries and trying to get back and trying to get yourself right. You step away last summer and you go straight back in with the club. Yeah. Were you just mad for game time? Were you just mad to play ball? Were you, had you felt oh, like you went stale? I just, I couldn't remember the last time I played. I just wanted to play. 
I was like, no, that's it. I have to, I have to just get a game in. And straight away, it was like a weight off the shoulder. It was like just a release of, oh, thank God, you know, just being involved in a in a team again where you're actually contributing. It's it's so important. And I always see fellas that are around the the twenty to the thirty numbers of the panel. They just slowly go down, down, down their level. You know, even their their confidence, their mentality just goes down because they get a bit comfortable in that position. They know they're probably not going to make the team. They're not going back to their club. So they just go fall into this soft space. It's it's so dangerous. And it happens to a couple of fellas every year. And um, I think it would just be stopped if they were just made play play games constantly. Jesus, yeah. I don't envy that. Falling into that soft space and you can see it happening. Yeah, but say say you're you're a cornerback. Oh, I can easily see it happening, yeah. Yeah, and you're you're marking the same fella maybe every night. Maybe you've different to two fellas you're marking. Um, you know them inside out. You know the fella kicking in the ball in training, you know what he's gonna do. You might have a good center back in front of you who's covering space, you know, and you're suddenly just kind of operating at about 70% getting through the training sessions. Autopilot. Yeah. You go play a match then and you're all over the place. Mm. So play the matches, I think, is is the message for me. You heard you heard it there from the football pod. Okay, well look, that's that's interesting. I just thought that'd be an interesting one to put to the two ye, and it's interesting that the two ye had different experiences of that as well. So um just to clarify, you never like it was never a great sign if you were sent back to the club. <laughs> really? You're always hoping, yeah, yeah, because it's like it means you obviously weren't playing a lot. Like, yeah, you're yeah. always like Jim would come over and arm around the shoulder and go, you, no, "You've done enough. You're playing. You don't need to go back to the club." And you're looking around, and he's had that conversation with maybe Cluxton and Fenton and Kilkenny. And if you're in that bracket, you know you're in business. <laughs> Otherwise, it's like, Do you know, what? you should go back there and play a few games with the club. You're thinking this fella takes him. Bro, oh. <laughs> when you're when you're hearing when you're hearing that from Jim Gavin, you're twenty eight, twenty nine. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. You don't. That's never a good place to be. <laughs> is your stomach sinking? Like when you know he's coming over to tell you that? Is that like when you're eighteen again? You know, you're, you know. You never so had that as a kid, did you? It didn't matter what age you were. If you were getting that chat off Jim, it means you obviously weren't. You weren't the first name on the team sheet. Put it that way. But that's like I would have, loads of us would have had these conversations. Like I said, the majority of our panel, because there was probably seven or eight guys who would have played all the games in the league. Mm. We go back, you go well with the club, and then you just you get back into the team. Was it? It's definitely in terms of the benefit that it'll give you from playing those games. I don't know about the club months. Like we would have rigidly stuck to that. Yeah. We would have looked forward to that, that that there was no real contact with Dublin for April. And it was great. You go back and you play two rounds of the club championship. You play a league game in it as well. And you usually play the challenge game, the club, the first week you went back because mm. your county players come back in. You wouldn't have played much with them to that point. So you used to get four games in that month and have a total break with Dublin. Now, you knew when you come, came back in May, it was all in, flat to the mat, nearly like a pre-season again. But we would have stuck to that. Like, would, you, would you use it on that, Jimmy? Yeah, they, they put club championship on for us that time. So we had... Yeah. Like the majority of a championship on there, so yeah. But it stops you from kind of being a bit, getting a bit ahead of yourself as well. If you like, if you're not showing the face of the club for months on end, it's not a great sign. Like you know, I think it keeps fellas grounded as well, where they're they're still going to the club and tipping in with them, playing the odd match, and yeah, showing up training. I think that's important as well. Yeah, yeah. Interesting stuff, lads. Um, you are listening to 
episode 12 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. I'm Tommy Rooney. And just to give you a heads up on what we're going to be chatting about over the next hour or so, we're bringing you our big championship preview. We're going to rattle through some of the games that are on this weekend, the three championship games, and also the four provincial championships and pick out some games to watch, players to watch, and teams to watch. Um, We're going to give a couple of shout-outs this week. And we are going to take some football pod questions from our listeners uh, who have sent in some really good stuff this week. And then we're going to finish up with a couple of fantasy football questions because the championship fantasy football league has been released. <laughs> Bailey, come on, stop it. Um, yeah, put him with my little guy here hammering the window here. I'll take, I'll take my, him as well. I can't I'll, even let him in. I'm on my own with Bailey just today. So I'll take my ad break in one second. Uh, so that's all coming up on the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. We're going to be back right after this. All right, you're very welcome back to the Football Pod with Paddy Anders and James O'Donoghue. The championship is upon us. Championship 2022 is getting underway this Saturday afternoon with Fermanagh Throne in the Ulster preliminary round. The All-Ireland champions are out. That's a tricky test to have first time up. You've lost six members of your panel. There's doubts about Peter Hart's availability. Underwent surgery last week, I think, for a, an appendix issue. So, Tyrone, what do you reckon, Paddy? Are they in a spot of bother? Or do you think that you saw enough signs towards the end of the league? We saw the likes of Darren McCurry hitting some good form. Conca Patrick major team of the league. Now Morgan had a decent league. Have you seen enough? From McGeary and Myler to say that they're back in All Ireland, All Ireland form, the form that brought them there. In, in, in what context? Are we talking about this Saturday alone? They're not in bother for this Saturday. They're okay. going to win that game. Okay. Come on. And now we're trying to sell the start of the championship. They're going to be Fermanagh. And you can take that to the bank. Uh, to all my Fermanagh friends, apologies. But um, did I see enough from Toronto? I think it is. The most competitive provincial championships, there's no two ways about it. I think there's realistically, there's probably six teams that could win this, that will have mm. genuine eyes on winning this championship, the Ulster Championship. Uh, Toronto are obviously one of them. Um, they have not got near their, their levels of last year. Um, I think that's that's clear. Some of their key players have not got to the levels of, of, of last year as well. Um, and that's going to be the challenge. And to be fair to, to Jimmy highlighted this, in week one, I think it was one of his first <laughs> outlandish comments that they were going to be up against it because the season is so, this is the start of the championship and the league only finished two weeks ago. I think they're, they were starting to get back towards their peak and it was obvious they thrown a completely different team when their key players are on form and the key players and break down to those four, Myler, McCurry, McGeary and Peter Hart. Um, when those guys are on form, Tyrone are a serious, serious team. When they're off, they're very, very ordinary. And you can see that throughout the league. Peter Hart would be a loss for, for Saturday, but look, I think they'll get through that even if he wasn't to make it. Um, but they, they, they look, they haven't gotten near the levels they got to last year in, in yeah. Ireland as of yet. But if you remember, like they started pretty slow in last year's Ulster Championship as well. And they got better with every single game. Dispatched the Cavan in Healy Park and just got better and better and better every single game they played throughout the championship. That's what, what Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar are going to be looking to again. Yes, they've lost five or six guys off the panel. How many of them 
realistically would have made the starting team. I don't think any. Many of them would have seen game time, okay, maybe one or two, Tierna McCann and the likes of that. But if they're going to go back and win the Ulster Championship this year, they need, I think those four guys, McGeary and Myler, haven't got near the levels yet that saw them really outstanding players in the mix of player of the year last year. Those guys, Peter Hart and McCurry, are going to need to be at their best. But, and they're not, we haven't seen it so far today. Yeah. They're coming up against the Fermanagh side in Enniskillen in Brewster Park on Saturday afternoon. Kieran Donnelly is his first year in charge. They failed to get out of Division 3 this year. They were in the mix. They still had a shot towards the last day. Sean Quigley, as always, they're still reliant on Quigley for the scores. I think Darren McGurn was another one of their players. A lot of, a lot of people this week actually given out that Sean Quigley wasn't in our Division 3 and 4 team of the league. So, listen, Quigley... Shot the lights out, but ultimately Fermanagh didn't get promoted. Uh, Declan McCusker is our captain. Looks like he could be back this weekend. Fermanagh are looking to cause a massive upset here. They're looking to beat the All-Ireland champions. <laughs> Paddy was pretty adamant there, James, that Tyrone aren't going to get caught this week. As he said, you christened them relegation candidates in one of your first acts as a host of the football pod. What would you like to christen them at the beginning of the championship here? <laughs> No, I you know I can't get a read on them at the moment. I agree with Paddy. They haven't hit the heights, obviously, right? But we always say about Tyrone, will they circle the wagons and get back at it and get that just that little bit of an ignition, just that bit of a flame at the start of a championship where they zone in on something. I don't think we'll see the best of them against Fermanagh, realistically. I don't think that's going to be the game that will get them fired up as much I just you know I just I'm waiting for them to catch fire I don't think that's going to be the one I thought that it might have been the day down in Killarney in the league but although they played excellently that day they didn't play with the absolute hat to win do or die mentality even that day which gives me hope for them because the fact they didn't have that and they still came out on top in Killarney was a huge win for them mm. um, but what they need is they need to get championship minutes into McShane. They need to get him right. Same with McKenna. Same with Maddie Donnelly. Like these fellas need to really put the foot to the mat now and get at it for them. We, we, you were you were pretty disappointed with McShane on, on you, Jason Foley. You felt fairly clean them that day in Killarney, even though Trone won. Yeah, I think Jason Foley is one of the toughest draws now as a as a full forward. Um, he's going to have you for pace. Um, so you're probably relying on good quality ball going into you and a lot of that ball was probably going to McCurry because okay. he was he was on fire that day but McShane didn't look his brilliant best he looked a bit you know cumbersome just a mm. bit off in terms of sharpness so the only way to get that back is to work hard and get the minutes in and championship you know when it's on the line that could be where he throws over three or four points and gets back at it I can't see anyone from Fermanagh having the marking ability that Jason Foley has uh, it'll have to be more of a kind of team ethic team orientation to get bodies back but if McShane swings over a few this weekend it could be the start of his season but on that James those three guys you've mentioned they were they played a massive role in Thoreau winning the All-Ireland last year yeah. Conor McKenna Manny Donnelly kicked into gear I think it was really a dirty goal game wasn't it Tommy yes that, that, that when, was, Murphy, when Murphy got sent off. Murphy got sent that game and then his killing went, went thrown kind of they took out Donegal and that nearly pushed them on that, you could see the confidence they got from that and Mandy, Mandy Donnelly in particular um, but himself McShane and McKenna we, we haven't really seen anything 
from no. throughout the National League. McShane's probably played the most minutes because I think Tyrone are aware that he's had a bad injury and he needs to get back up to get up to speed and get that sharpness back and, and he hasn't been able to do that just yet. Um, McKenna and, and Maddie Donnelly, we haven't really seen much of it at all. No. You know, so obviously maybe if there's injuries there in the background or or they're not going well in training, I'd be surprised because they, they were so influential last year. That, and particularly, like you say, the depth of our panel has been depleted in terms of numbers-wise. They'd be looking... Like if Throne are going to try and win back-to-back all Ireland, they're three guys they need to get up to speed along with they're, they're established guys, they like some Euler and McGeary and things like that as well. But yeah. um, I think they'll be all right this weekend. If they get through that, then they play Derry in, in an Ulster quarter final. They'll need to be up to speed for that one, most certainly. But uh, I think they, they should manage this Saturday without too many hiccups. Yeah, so the, the Ulster Championship looks like for Manitourone in the preliminary quarter final on the 16th of April. And then we're into the quarterfinals. So Antrim faced Cavan on the 23rd. That is in Corrigan Park. Antrim have retained home status for that game, which is a massive win for them. Donegal are playing Armagh. We still have no word on whether Armagh's stars are going to be suspended for that game. I think they're in the process of appealing it. That may come out now in the middle of the week while this football pod episode has been released. Donegal have decided against appealing Neil McGee's and Orm McFadden Ferry's red cards from that brawl after the game. Monaghan versus Down is the third quarter final. That is on the 30th of April. And as you mentioned, Paddy, Derry will play the winners of Fermanagh Tyrone. Can we just stick on Tyrone for another couple of minutes? Because, oh, yeah. Paddy, I'd, I'd like to get your thoughts. I would have thought you would have thought it was a bigger deal. Coming from a, a squad, and we've heard bits and pieces about how important the A versus B games were for Dublin and the depth that you guys had in that journey to six in a row. It was imperative. It was so important. And... Yeah. You know, I, I mentioned for a couple of weeks ago there were snippets in Bernard Brogan's book where he spoke about the ferocity of it. You've spoken to us before about um, how players cut their teeth there and how important it was yeah. and what it was like even being on the B side, going up against the A side towards the latter end of your career. Killer Darren, bees, yeah. Darren McCurry was speaking about this a couple of weeks ago. And I'm just wondering now, if, if one team could get a chip in their shoulder and turn it into something positive, could get a siege mentality, it's Tyrone. Last year we saw it. I think they turned that hammering and Killarney into something that they put in their back pocket. The whole fallout around COVID and everyone, you know, asking them questions and finding out what was going on and why the, everything was being delayed. I feel like they might have might have battened down the hatches a wee bit there and that might have gelled them as a group as well. Um, Darren McCurry was talking about this a few weeks ago and he was very surprised with the players that called it quits. Lee Brennan, Tierney McCann, Mark Bradley, Ronan O'Neill, Hugh Pat McGeary and Michael Cassidy. Paul Donahue has now been added to that list. A player who played for 10 minutes in the All-Ireland final last year. Made his debut last year, kicking 10 points against Donegal in the league. If I was one of those boys in the 26, my frame of mind, this is Darren McCurry, my frame of mind would have been, let's go back and try to do something that no other team in Toronto has done. Let's try and win a back-to-back. I just felt that it was maybe, what way would you put it, an easy decision for some of those boys to walk away where maybe they were thinking a wee bit more about themselves than the Tyrone team and the people of Tyrone. Now, before I go any further... I don't need to go any further. That is cold. That is should, ice cold. We McCurry. should mention that wow. Darren McCurry himself walked away from the Tyrone panel in 2018. He put it down and said it was one of the toughest decisions he ever had to make in his life. He said he was entirely disillusioned with a lack of game time back then and he had lost all his confidence playing under Mickey Hart. Now, it's a fascinating interview. It was while we're listening to it. There's so many good bits in it. But that bit 
itself stood out to me and it was picked up in a couple of papers as well. It was about a month ago on the GA Social Podcast. But Paddy, do you think that's something that will Tyrone will turn into a positive? Because, you know, Lee Brennan's a player who broke through underage. There's been a lot of a lot expected of him. He had a couple of really good leagues. He had a big impact yeah. at 18. Uh, Tiernan McCann, as we know, is someone yeah. who, even coming off the bench can bring so much punch. Mark Bradley is somebody who... Mark Bradley play. started the Ulster final last year. Yeah. It's Monaghan, yeah. Ronan O'Neill. I liked Mark Bradley. He was, he was the type of player I didn't really have. Yeah. Um, well, like, Derek Hannafin is probably there now. So mm. Probably an upgrade. Uh, go to Mark Bradley and see Derek Hannafin's a similar type of player, but maybe just a little bit better. Um, that's pretty cold for McCurry, though, isn't it? Just going, thinking about yourselves, lads. Well, I do th- one. I wonder. Yeah, I don't know. But <laughs> See you later. <laughs> well, he, uh, so what's the question? Do, do I think it will impact them? Would they rather have no, them no, or I'm, not? I'm asking you, I'm asking you, can they turn it into a positive in the group? In, sure, in, look, when, you're in the, when you're in the bubble, when you're in that circle, I know you didn't oh, do it. Yeah. I know you didn't do it for Jack Mack or Rory, or maybe you did in a different way but when they walked away. But like, can the lads turn around and say, look, at, this is what we have. We are together. They weren't ready to commit to us. For for different reasons, all for different reasons. I think, I think one of them definitely retired. Um, could have been Mike. You retired, McCann. No, Cassidy or, or McGeary maybe retired. Maybe McCann retired as well. I have to check that. But there were all different reasons okay. why the lads stepped away. Um, but I'm wondering now for the group that are there, the Tyrone group that are there, they're going to do something that no Tyrone team has ever done. One back to back. How can they turn six of their teammates walking away seven into a positive? I'd say they would have had a conversation about it at the time. And that was it. I, I don't think that that's something they're going to be dwelling on. They can't afford to dwell on it. I know in our situation, if players were there or not there for different reasons, it's kind of like, okay, they're not here. Would you rather have them or not? Yeah, it would be great if they were, but they're not. So you just move on with it. And I don't think Fergal Logan and Brian Dewar are going to be talking about this on a weekly basis coming into the Fermanagh game or if they get over that going into the Derry game. I think the lads will say they're not with us. They haven't committed like we don't we like we don't know the ins and outs to this. Some of these players might have just been dropped. Some of the players might have walked away themselves. We don't whatever personal circumstances there might be. We don't know the ins and outs. So I'd say at the time there might have been a conversation that these guys are not with us, and that can bring unity into the group. It's an opportunity for younger players or other players outside the squad that listen. There's now six or seven slots up for grabs. We need some energy from you guys. I always think. There needs to be some sort of freshening up after success. Um, we would have had it a lot with 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 our teams when we won in All Ireland that you, you couldn't have the exact same fifteen going out all the time. Or even if it was one or two changes, yes, you might have the main core of guys there, but things need to be freshened up to keep the show on the road. So look, I, I don't think it's that big an issue for Toronto, genuinely. And, and these things can get blown out of proportion if you're looking at it and it was turns around and it was a Darren McCurdy that walks away or a Matty Donnelly or one of our really main, main guys, then you're thinking, geez, that's a, that's an interesting one, all right. But I'd say they would have had a conversation about it. It's parked. They're not with yeah. us. You yeah. cannot afford to dwell on these things. And I'd, I'd be amazed if Tyrone were. They've too much on their plate and they still have so much quality in their team going forward. So I don't think this is a massive issue at all. Mike Shane was talking about it 
um, I think around the same week and he said, the way I would look at it is some of the lads that stepped away would be very competitive Gaelic footballers and they've done a lot for Toronto over the last number of years. Everybody has personal issues in life and different things that you have to deal with and things that come along the way that maybe means you might have to step away or you have to do this or that. But I've no doubt that if these boys had stayed this year, we would have been in a much more healthier position. Competition within the team would have been serious. So like, that was back in March. So James, like, I'd, I'd love to get your thoughts on this and then we'll move on from Tyrone. Um, like, do, do you think that's something that they can... I don't know. I don't know what way I'm trying to phrase this question now. I just... You're say, <laughs> having a hell of a time. You're, what, trying say, <laughs> you're trying to say, can they spin it positively? And yeah, yeah. the Tyrone thing where they spin it, everyone's kind of against us and we'll get tighter. Exactly. They can, but the thing... I just have to relate it back to obviously if it was to happen in the carriage restaurant. When someone walks away, it's like, whoa, you know, what happened there? It is a topic. Second fella walks away, you're kind of going, whoa, six fellas walking is a lot. Like, Look at Jimmy staring at the He has it in for Tyrone. Look at him. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, that in terms of the player group, is a big turnover. If you have to let seven fellas go and seven new fellas come in at, at one time, that is a big turnover. And those seven fellas that we named out, like they, they were playing, they were kind of probably big characters in the group. Mm. So they'll probably sweep it and say, look, it's not an issue. But looking at it from a player's point of view, I think that that would have been very surprising and disappointing for those players. And McCurry's right. Back-to-back would have been unbelievable. Do you know, get on board for that back-to-back chance. Um, the thing shorter season as well to commit for exactly shorter season but mm. I know myself look if you're not in the right mind frame or you're not you don't feel right in your body or in your position but like, probably better off out of there but six of them probably aren't in that situation but you, but the thing, you, you did it like, you, like Kerry realistically uh, everyone would have felt like Kerry had a shot at winning the All-Ireland last year and you stepped away in the middle of, of the season I did I did I did but I wasn't I wasn't <laughs> fit to contribute to, but you're in, you're in the panel. Yeah, but it's... I was in the panel, yeah. Okay. Uh, were, you mean, involved, were you involved in A versus B games at that stage or were you still out? Yeah, no, I was involved in them. But I was at an age where there was other fellas knocking on the door and I had to be given another chance and another chance. Do you know what I mean? To get fit. I was like, I'm just... I was at a different stage. Mm. I was just a hindrance to myself even. So... That was different. These fellas are are playing. Yeah, and, well, like boy, yeah. like McCann is the same age as you, books. Like you're both. I forget sometimes that James, you're just we look. We look very young. I know that. But. James is forever twenty five. You're what thirty one, James? I'm twenty eight now. Paddy, you're are you <laughs> are you even thirty three, Paddy? Like the wolf, the wolf is only thirty three. Wolf is only young. Like, um, do you know? Like, like, and I, I completely get it. It's just, yeah. So I think they're all I think at different the, the thing I'd say, all right, and we don't know this. I don't think there's much come out about it, but it's an unbelievably personal decision to make, right? And, and you can, yes, game time is obviously one of the most crucial elements of it. That it's if you're not getting it, maybe it makes decisions easier, or if you are getting it, it makes a harder step away. But it's each player has their own stuff going on. And they're in their own stage in their career, on the pitch, their own professional career outside of that, their own family life. It's Players don't have... This is, at the bottom line, beneath it all, you're volunteering to play here. Mm. There's massive time that goes into it. 
and maybe some of the Toronto guys were there and they go, I've done this for a number of years. We got to the mountaintop, we won the All-Ireland and I'd have had enough. We don't know that. And each player is different. I would have always said it, my own experience with it. I'd never seen it as a chore, ever. All the sacrifices and all that stuff was like more than happy to do it. But when it gets to the stage where it is a bit of an ache and you're going, I have a lot going on here with work and college and all this type of stuff. Then you know, and you can kind of just know yourself. You make sense. I'm not actually enjoying this. And once you, once you get that into your head, it's very hard to continue doing it. Yeah. Because you, you, you can bring that into the group. You try and hide that, but you're, you spend so much time in the group. Lads can see it straight away. This fella's not right. You're, you're not. You're not getting the best out of it yourself. And and I agree with James. You can nearly become a hindrance. Like, and that's the last thing any any player wants to do. So whatever the six or seven guys that aren't there now. We don't know the ins and outs behind it. We don't know, was it a big mass walkout or the fallout with the coaches? Doesn't, we yeah. don't know what it was. Doesn't seem and, like the players have the right to make those decisions. And, and yes, the comments by McCurry and McShane would suggest that mm, maybe the lads, the players that remained are overly impressed with the guys walking away. But that's it. Like, well, it's done. Get on with it. Focus on, on, on the other things and We'd expect their own to, to, to do that. They're, they're an experienced group. They're all the champions. And the coaches definitely are, are experienced. These things happen in sport. Yeah. So I don't think it's a massive deal. Um, but I, I just I think you always have to be cognizant that this is a choice for the players. And if someone doesn't want to be there, it's not a stick to beat them with. It's like, okay, that's your choice. Move on. It's an opportunity for someone else. Just, just in terms of quality, fair enough, Dublin when you were there had an outrageous array of talent, but most teams will probably have 17 or 18 to 20, right? Take six away. It affects, it affects you. It affects your training. It affects your matchups. It affects you actually practicing a drill or a, or a sequence or that kick out they were doing. It affects everything to do with the, with the planning. You're now practicing something, with lower quality, lower intensity, and I think it 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 is it is it would make an issue. I wouldn't criticize the players for walking away, but what I would say is it definitely would affect the players left, and it would affect the training sessions and their preparation this year. Yeah, I think at the outset of the year, oh, even for Man of Atom this weekend, Jimmy. Is that what you're saying? No, I I, I don't I don't. Think <laughs> <that>. <laughs> I think they've just, they've just had enough time now to get over their uh, yeah. All Ireland winning holiday. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I think that's all. I think that's all really interesting. I just think sitting at the All Ireland final last year and looking at Tyrone's match day panel, they didn't have Richie Donnelly or Ron O'Neill in the panel. Um, and like they, they did have an unbelievable amount of depth. They had developed it. They had brought through younger players. Um, they didn't have Richie Donnelly it. either. No, and just didn't make the panel for the day. 99% sure he didn't that depth that they had we we all kind of slept on throne a little bit they came from nowhere to win that Ireland in ways not nowhere but like you know um, but going for that historic back to back it's a blow right let's get through the rest of Ulster can I get a player to watch James from Ulster a player that you're looking forward to seeing in action in the Ulster Provincial Championship doesn't necessarily have to be the star of the show just a player that you want to watch. I was between two for this, and they're both Tyrone. Actually, uh, I know we've talked about him already, but <laughs> you, can't, you can't let it go, Jimmy, can you? 
Just her own test at the moment. Oh, it's free to use. Yes. Peter. No. Sarah <laughs> Canavan, right? I, oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. yeah. Or this is the one I'm actually going to go for. Canavan, I parked. I think that he, he, had a, he had an excellent league. But I think if Tyrone are going to do anything, they need to get McShane right, as we mentioned already. So he is the fella that I'm watching to see. Has he gotten back up to his very high standard and his extremely high level to take this Tyrone team forward? Hmm. Or is he still in the getting back there phase? Um, and he won't hit those heights this championship. If he doesn't hit them, I don't think they'll they'll rattle the All Ireland. If he does, I think they have a great shot. So I think that because of his importance to the Tyrone team, I know he's not an up and coming player, but is there that many coming through? Do you know, you're saying like newbies or anything. So there isn't that many. I think that he is someone that they need to get right. That's interesting. And and Derek Hanavan, were you impressed from that night in Killarney? You had spoken about him the last day. No, he is somebody. That- I wasn't. Tom Sullivan beat him, beat him comfortably. But Tom Sullivan is also a very hard draw. So it'd be interesting to see how he, how he comes on from that. He would have got um, a lot of information off that, off that tussle. Okay. And he hasn't had trouble with anyone else he's marked, to be fair to him. Mm. He's creating goal chances. He's scoring points. He had a great league. So he's one to watch, but I think they'll rely more on McShane. So the two fellas who had the biggest impact off the bench for Tyrone this year, they're the lads that you want to see. In this ultra time. That's, that's really interesting. Like McShane and, Mike and Canavan. Off the bench both, last year. Off last year, sorry. Yes. They both had huge impacts off the bench last year. You want to see them in action this year. Paddy, yeah. can I get your players to watch? Players to watch. Um, now, just historically on the football pod, whenever I've given Paddy a bit of homework to do. No, 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 no. Okay, all right. Who am I looking forward to watching? I'll tell you. Ryan McHugh is one. Um, the Donegal are on match is a massive thing because they're on the, they're on the other side of the draw. Whoever wins that, no disrespect, but a little bit of disrespect. Whoever wins that is going to be in the Ulster final. Um, and whoever wins that, I actually think will win the Ulster championship. Um, and I think Armagh intrigued me because they've been steadily growing. McGinney's been there for a long time and they've been building, building, building. And they've gone through nearly every phase of, of building into a serious team they consolidated Division 1 status last year. They started off like a house on fire. This year in Division 1, they're a well-established Division 1 team now. But they actually haven't had a big championship win at all. Despite their league forming really good, one of the most exciting teams to watch, they need to win a big championship game in Ulster. And if they win in two weeks' time against Donegal, I expect them to go on and get to an Ulster final and probably win it. So it's massive for them. But on the other side with Donegal, we know how important Murphy is. Like <laughs> Murphy is, like, I would say he's arguably the most important player to a team in the country. That if he's not playing well, Donegal are like, they're nowhere near being in the mix. We expect he will be in the mix because it, it just didn't work out and it was frustrating championship from last year. is always going to be there to get scores. But a key thing for, for Donegal is Ryan McHugh. He is a massive, massive, massive player for them. And they have struggled over the last number of years in the championship because he's been taken out of games. We've seen Declan Bonner trying to, when they bet Toronto in the league that evening, putting him in a full forward, just somewhere trying to find a position for him because they know how important he is. 
And if Ryan McHugh was taken out of a game, and I'm thinking with this game in two weeks' time, do Armagh put Charlie O'Birds up, Burns on him, someone that just will match him for, for speed, for athleticism, and just take him out of the game? Because again, he's as important as Donegal. And he's been getting shut down too easily. A brilliant player, but he's been taken out of games, and that is causing Donegal all sorts of hassle. So it's a massive... In that game against Armagh, he needs to have a big game for Donegal to get over the line. And he needs to be a key player along with Murphy and McBrearty for Donegal to have any chance of getting to where they want to go. So I am actually watching him and how, not really him, I suppose it's how Donegal use him. Where do they find the spot for him? Where does Declan Bonner play him that he, he influences games? Because if he does that, he has, he has the quality. We know that. But Donegal need to get something out of him. So I'm intrigued by that and that side of the draw. I think that's a massive game. You got Monaghan, Tyrone, Derry, all on the other side of the draw. Whoever comes out of that game, Donegal or I think is going to have, it sets them up for a big run, not just at the Ulster Championship, but into the All-Ireland Series as well. So, Yeah, very we interesting. Used to, we used to match Paul Murphy up with, with McHugh. Did you? Like, it's surprising that you can take him out of the game out around the middle. Like, it's fair yeah. that you can say, okay, that corner forward, let's nip him with someone tight and maybe one in front. But to take someone out of the game from out in the middle third is very difficult, but yeah. teams seem to be able to do it. Yeah. It's a strange one. We, we didn't actually have, we didn't go man to man. We would have had him pinned that whoever's closest to him. Well, he, he, he made you, he made you pay in 14, didn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> we definitely didn't have anything in front of them, but, but in later games, you would have learned a lot from him. It was, that was the case that whoever is close to this guy, and that takes massive communication and kind of everyone being switched on, but we would just kind of, we dug him, yeah. If you were close to him, uh, I remember being beside him and just nearly bear hugging the fella, and he's laughing at me. But that's I was the closest guy to him, and it's it, it's a massive respect in a way because you know how important he is to them. Yeah. But you're just looking at in the big games over the last two or three years where Donegal have flattered to deceive, and everyone's waiting for them to to kick on, and he he's so important, and he's just been taken out of games. Like Murphy gets that treatment as well, and Murphy just. Nearly by his force of will, just still influences games. McBrearty, to be fair, I agree with you, James, in, in corner forward, it's easier to take guys out of it. And McBrearty can be very, very quiet, but still somehow, I'm thinking last year that, that the score he gets against Derry off Christian McKay somehow still manages to make a big play in big moments. Whereas McHugh, it's just, he's not even getting that. And you're thinking, like, Donegal, he's too important. He has to be in the game. Because um, he's going to be, like, Armagh are going to have a plan for him as well. And, and if he's taken out of that game, I'll be thinking Armagh are probably going to beat him. He's that okay. important. That's two very interesting pairs to watch over the next couple of weeks. For what it's worth, I am keeping an eye on Jack McCarron. No surprise. The moniker League Legend. The college, was, college buddy. Was yeah, yeah. Him. You mentioned him before. Only is well, well, no, 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 more, more, so, <laughs> more so for the fact that... Um, He's delivered and saved Monaghan two years in a row in the championship. Can he now lead them? In the league. In the league, sorry. Can he now lead them to another Ulster title? Because he will be the main man. Um, and that is something while we're watching because <coughs> you're saying that Donegal, Armagh, you, you feel like they're going to... I know you're being a little bit facetious when you say that they're going to get the Ulster final and they're going to win it, the winners of that game. Because Who, who Monaghan, do you think will come out the other side? That's the thing. I think we're. I think Monaghan... If Monaghan get through down, yeah. which you'd expect on form, Monaghan are going yes. up against the winners of Tyrone, Fermanagh and Derry in that other semi-final. Like, 
Monaghan are going to back themselves regardless of who they play in Ulster. Yeah. And I just think that that is why the Ulster Championship, we love it. We don't love it so much that I wanted them to stop Proposal B in the way that they did, but we <laughs> love the Ulster Championship. Um, the and- Ulster Championship is the most emotional of the championships, isn't it? Like, <laughs> it's just, it's almost a case of whoever wants it more will have a great chance of winning because they're all so level. You know, a lot of teams are, are of the same ability. But someone always just gets that little bit of ex- something extra from somewhere you, to win it. Do you remember we asked what, Rory what are we, Gatter? What are we, th- what are we, we asked, thinking about Derry, lads? That's the thing. We asked Rory Gallagher about it. They're targeting the Ulster Championship this year. Rory Gallagher yeah. wants to win Ulster. He didn't, want to know, he didn't want to know anything about Proposal B. He didn't no. want to know anything about an All-Ireland Championship that didn't include the Provincials being the way they are right now. I could see Derry beating Toronto. And then Manahan, you just don't know what's going to happen. Manahan and just, Manahan Derry, would be, I'd like to see Manahan Derry in a semi-final. I reckon if you came up with, if you if you said today who's going to win them and you sat down again tomorrow, you could have <laughs> something different tomorrow. God, I hear, do it quickly there. Put this on record, right? You've put a lot of predictions on records this week, boys. You, you're, you're yeah, and we've had an absolute catastrophe at them as well. But just for, for the crack for our listeners. Okay, okay quick fire, right? Toronto, Toronto are going to be for Manahan. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm gonna. Are my gonna beat Donegal? Okay. Uh, well, if Reno Neal suspended there, Donegal. No, 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 he's no, 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 no. He's I don't care about suspensions. I'm going off the cuff here. Are my gonna beat Donegal? Uh, Monaghan are gonna beat down. Yeah. Antrim Cavan in Corrigan Park. End the McGinley's Antrim with Stephen O'Neill as the forwards coach. Cavan are gonna win that. Armagh are going to be Cavan and get to the Ulster final. Derry are going to be Tyrone. Wow. <laughs> uh, Monaghan are going to be Derry. So you're calling an Armagh Monaghan Ulster final. And, and Armagh are going to win the Ulster championship. Wow. And you can take that to the bank. If that comes off, lads, <laughs> that's what I'm going with. And yes, will I change my mind tomorrow? There's every chance. But I love it. For our listeners, that's now on record. Okay. Jimmy, get off the fence. No, no, I'll get, I'll, get, I'll get James. I'll get James to call Connacht because we're going to move on to Connacht right All now. right, I'll just tell you who I think will be in the final, so. Of what? Of Connacht or Ulster? Okay, go ahead. Run me through your Ulster. Who do you think is going to be in the final? No, I'll just say, because I was going through him as Paddy was saying in there. Okay. I reckon Donegal will be in the final. Yeah, and right. I want to tip Monaghan to get there with him. So you think Donegal uh, Tyrone and Paddy's calling Armagh Monaghan? No, Donegal Monaghan, he said. Yeah, Donegal Monaghan for me in the well, final. You think so who, who, who are Monaghan going to be in the Ulster semi-final? Come on. Tyrone, no? Tyrone. So you think Tyrone are going to beat Derry? Yeah. Derry are finished. You're right enough, Derry as well. If Derry, yeah, Derry didn't show me anything at the end of the league. You're not arsed with Derry, okay. I was big Derry... I was hyping them up. I think that they'll be they'll be caught. Yeah, they'll be caught by Tyrone. So, so, so who, who's going to Donegal are going to win, win the Ulster Championship? Donegal Monaghan final. And who's going to win that? Yeah, I say Donegal will win it. And you expect? I, I don't know if you've been slating Donegal on or off air, but I didn't think you were right. At the, that was you. Yeah. <laughs> I always said, Donny God. <laughs> Tommy, back said, me up here. No, this is what I said. I said that I didn't know what they were trying to do one of the weeks because they didn't have a system of play. But if they leave Murphy inside, 
With Stanakauta, for God. I reckon they were, because his movement <laughs> is, 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 is... If Donegal go with a full forward line of McHugh, Murphy and McBrady, they've got a chance. They have every chance then, yeah. 100%. <laughs> well, yeah, man and Donegal would be good, good odds to final. Yeah, yeah, it would. Okay, lads. going to win it, lads. But anyway, carry on. I, I like Anna. this. I like I like these calls and we're going to hold you to it. Don't you worry. The listeners oh, will be in touch. Quote me on it. I think we've already lost half of our Mayo listenership last week for not including Ron O'Donoghue. But you know what? What is the story with you? You're getting a lot of stick on Twitter. About we were getting Come on. Hey, you put your neck out there. That's what happens. Nonsense. Okay. If you have enough neck, there's no need for a head. <laughs> That's a Carry great on. Carry now, on. In fairness to, to Ryan O'Donoghue, he, did he was, he was very good. Like, but like, yeah, great, the full we, forward line we picked was was excellent. Like, I don't think there was much of a a difference, but it was just the way the cookie crumbles. Like, you know? mm-hmm. He was very close. And hopefully he can make our championship team of the season. If he does, there you are now. Exactly. That'll be a good, a good sign yeah, for me. I think he will. I think he will. Let's have a look at Connacht because we have got New York Sligo in New York this week. It is New York New York are the last team to play since the pandemic. The last intercounty side to get a game. It's been a long time for New York. A uh, completely different panel than the one we saw a couple of years ago. Um, I think it was 2018 where the commentary as they ran, was it Leitrim to a point? was just unbelievable. Willie Hegarty on commentary that day was sensational. Um, you couldn't have got the football pot over to New York for this, no? I'm working on it. I'm working on it. Didn't no, happen yeah. this time. Maybe, maybe, maybe next year, yeah. Maybe season three, Paddy. Maybe season yeah, three. Yeah. Actually, we, I think, have you seen the offers we've got on YouTube for the three of us to go play football in Chicago this summer? Oh, Jesus. No. Send it on to me. Right, do you <laughs> still, still qualify for J1? Paddy, you're still in college. I am an active student, Yes. How about you, James? <laughs> no. Fake idea. Tell, Chicago, they play 13 aside over there, don't they? Do they? I'm not sure. I have a couple of mates that went over playing Chicago a couple sure. of years ago. Yeah, it's um, savage over there, isn't it? This would be a good full forward line anyway, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. I'll play top of the day, leave you two losers inside. Like. I'll play on the square. You play ahead, yeah. top of the day. Okay, that's fine. No, I don't just... You play off me. Yeah, sign me up for that, Jimmy. You'll talk to AIB now with their sponsors. They'll give you a few weeks off work, will they? <laughs> Surely not that they're sponsoring this. <laughs> I'm suspended from the club. I'll be suspended, sure. I can't go. <laughs> okay, let's get into Discipline. Discipline. New, New York Sligo on Sunday. Sligo. Leitrim are in Ryslip. That is going to be a cracker. That is going to be a tight game. Two teams. I'm back, I'm back in Andy, but that is, that is a tight game. Two teams that showed a bit of form at different times this year in Division 4. They both fell short. Ryslip never seems to be an easy place to go and oh. London London are in London are in good shape at the minute put it that way to you no word yet Leitrim have appealed they've gone through a second appeal for their star forward Keith Burns I think a lack of video evidence has been an issue so far which is one of the problems when you're down there in Division 4 the games aren't televised so um, yeah they, they haven't been able to get that overturned Seemingly was a quite a soft red card for Keith Byrne. Sean Carabine, one of Sligo stars in Division 4, got his red card overturned in the same game, a game that ended up being a dead rubber, as we mentioned before, a couple of weeks ago. So they are the two quarterfinals in Connacht this year. Are you calling them, as you said it there, are you calling in Leitrim and Sligo to get through the exiles this weekend? I think London have, have a great chance. Mm. Mm. Like they'll, they'll have a great atmosphere over there. They'll put in a good block of training. 
they'll see their opportunity. This is like they're all on a final. They, this this win would would see them have a great year. I I can see I can see Leitrim having a bit of trouble over there. That's a tight one. I, I hate to say it, like because obviously Adney's a very good friend of the pod, and he's done Trojan work since he's gone in there already, and they've already got momentum behind him throughout the league. But so did London. Like to, like to get three wins. There's an energy about London. Royce looks a hard place to go. Oof, it's tight. And if Byrne doesn't get off for Leitrim as well, that that is a massive blow. Like particularly when you look in the smaller counties, like Green O'Neill is a massive loss to to Armagh, say, if he doesn't get off for that game. But Armagh still have a, a depth about him and, and other guys. You probably don't have that luxury in, in, in the smaller counties. But I'm going to stick with them. I think Leitrim will... Like Leitrim are going to be up for this game as well. There's massive momentum and energy in Leitrim as well. With, with Andy going in there and his appointment and seeing Eminem Mulligan there getting his hundred cap with Leitrim. Was it, wasn't that wasn't that great? Yeah, to see very it? nice. It's great to see. It's great yeah. to see. Let's see what a, the pleasure of playing with Muggsy for a couple of years on the club scene. Um, I think Leitrim will have enough, but it, it would not be a shock of years gone by. You were thinking, geez, London winning the championship game. It wouldn't be a big shock. Because they've put their best foot forward in Division Four as well, but uh, I think Sligo want to win the game over New York, uh, and I think Leitrim are going to get out of Royce Slip with a win. Yeah, the thing about London this year is that they've been waiting to play, and they've been under the same management as Michael Maher for the last couple of years. He's London-born. I think he's thirty-two years old. They have an identity. Their captain Liam Gavigan is London-born. Do you know, Talking like there's a yeah. there's a thriving GA scene in London and I don't think they have the same level of turnover that they have in New York in New York like you know um, like Jamie Clark was star of the show there a couple of years ago in New York 2018 Tom Kniff from Mayo had been playing I think in the same year um, they always were able to attract a couple of stars over um, London I think is a little bit more settled these days with I know we have Muggsy playing there a couple of years ago but they're they're nearly um, people who are residing over there, they're settled there, they're they're living there. Um, and I think it's actually similar in New York at the minute. There's there's a squad there, a huge turnover over the last couple of years. So that's going to be not have at least got us to London. I know, I know. Like, come on, like, like Andy's coach with each one as well. Like that's sort of been at least a weekend in London for the lads. Like. Yeah, we we needed that. And I went to London on my own last week. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I uh, I should have. Actually, bad form. You're not going over to Andy like. Oh yes, you think it is. Will you talk to talk to the lads in after ball, Tommy? And I'm available Easter Sunday. We should have done this. Yeah. Why? Why did I not think of this? I don't know. I have an idea, That's me. Everyone, we've let down. Just just to let you know, and I haven't tapped you up for it yet because it's not in your contracts. But we are starting a Sunday night GA show on off the ball. I don't know if you've seen it. No, I haven't. On Twitter, on Twitter Spaces. The lads, Nathan Murphy, Shane Keegan and Johnny Ward, they started League of Ireland late night on a Friday night. I've seen that, yeah. And they've got a lovely little community there on a Friday night that gather. And it's like a phone-in, like an old-school radio show phone-in. Hawksport. Similar to or BBC <laughs> back in the day, five live back in the day. We'll be um, going to a game on, on Friday night, Rovers Pats. We'll go and have a look at that. I might pop down and have a seat. Good Friday, you know. You know, yeah. point. You'll have a point of Good Friday now, you aren't you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, magic. It'd be rude not to. But uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, if you get a call from me at Sunday to log into Twitter and uh, jump off for a couple of minutes, please don't let me down. Yeah. Okay, 24th of April, Mayo go away. And it's another quarterfinal. Ooh. How are the boys going to call this? Because Connacht is going to be tight this year. I don't know. Jimmy, you take this one. I think that 
we were saying who had the most to improve out of all the Connacht teams. I still think Galway have um, a lot of work to do defensively if they're going to rattle anyone. Um, Mayo have a lot of bodies to come back to strengthen them. So it's a case of do the Mayo fellas get back up to the required level in time and do Galway go away and do this work to get their defence right. That's your debate. What's going to happen mm. faster for this game? I think Call it, Jimmy. Come on. It's nearly easier for Galway to go away, put together a defensive structure and absolutely dog that for two or three weeks. They well, have- talk, talk me through defensive structure. Do what? Like, I, I cannot see Power Joyce parking the bus here. Like. I, I, no, I wouldn't park the bus, but we saw what Kerry did in terms of holding their defence versus what Mayo did say when they marked man for man on the carry forwards in the league final. I think yeah. Galway are doing a bit of that. I'd probably have kind of a split between the two if I was Galway. I'd hold my six backs and I'd have one defensively minded midfielder and I would just try and keep them at home as much as I could. If one wing back wants to, to bam on, keep the other, keep six and the other wing back at home and the midfielder, then they're still having their six forwards and, and Conroy attacking. Yeah. But they don't need everyone going forward and being caught in the break. They can't afford it. I don't think they can afford it. Now that said, again, it's a very hard game to call, but I think that if Keen O'Neill and Joyce can get that bit of training block right over this couple of weeks, I think they have a right chance. This is a game, Paddy, that we're going to preview in depth next week. So don't you worry about it. James, can I get a winner? Can I get your early winner, your off-the-cuff winner of Mayo Galway? I am going... You can, change, you can change your mind next week when we get pre- No, pre- no, we're holding them to this. No, I got, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to show fade in Galway. Wow. Where's that? It's in Castlebar as well. A new pitch in Castlebar, isn't it? Thank God they have a new pitch there. I think we're going to lose all our Mayo listeners. <laughs> Paddy, come on, dig us out here. <laughs> They're all after me already. Roy O'Donnell was after landing me in the shit. In fairness, you picked Robbie Henley in your team. I, I don't like Roy O'Donnell as well. Who do I think will win that? Um, I think Mayo are going to win that game. And I think Mayo are going to win the Connacht Championship. So there. And one fell swoop, got them all back on side. I think, the winner, I think the winner wins Connacht. I think the winner. I, I do, I do, and I, t- I tell you why. I I'll tell you why, and we'll talk about Ross Common, and we should talk about Ross Common as well. But I, I, I think I think by of the experience, I think they'll. This is on the caveat that Oshin Mullen, uh, Paddy Dirk, and Darren O'Connor and, and Killian O'Connor are all back in their team, yeah. and I think man for man they match up better than Galway in that game. I think oh, we've lost a little bit of momentum that they had. And Galway oh, even themselves will probably have a little bit of doubt there. To, to beat May on a big game, that Connacht final is going to be sitting there last year where Galway kind of come out of the traps and look like this is a big win, a statement win for Galway. And Mayo come out and ruthlessly, ruthlessly put them to the sword in the second half. And that's what yeah. Mayo can do. When, when Mayo get their tails up, we've seen... Mayo, we said it last week, they're a very, very emotional team in a good way. When they get their crowd involved and they get their running game going, they are a hard team to play against. They're a hard team to stop. That game in Castlebar will be absolutely hopping. 
<laughs> it will be electric atmosphere. Mayo will be top of the ground in that game. And if they have those players back, I think they'll shut down the likes of Shane. I think the players that can stop Shane Watson, as important he has, or how important he is to go. I think the players that can shut down Paul Conroy and how important he is. And I just think for everything Galway we have done, they've lost a little bit, bit of momentum going into that game. And I just think Mayo, if they get all their boys back, I, I think they'll have too much. I, I'm, really, I, I'm, really, I'm really sorry. What did you do? Yeah, seeing your I, face. I didn't hear a word you said in the last 45 seconds. What? Breaking news here on the football pod. Rian O'Neill has won his appeal and will be available oh. for the Ulster Championship game against Donegal. The hearing lasted a few minutes. Lovely. A massive boost. Really buzzing about this match. That's coming from Thomas Niblock of the BBC. Don't Great. cut out my bit of mail there now. I won't. I won't. The hearing, I really... the hearing lasted a few a few minutes. Yeah. Massive news, lads. That is like, yeah. does that change anything about Ulster for you, James? Your Ulster call? <laughs> he just tipped on his goal. Don't edit it. No, no, I'll be back there, man, all the way, baby. I knew that. <laughs> I'm the inside track. I knew he'd get off. But I know a guy. That was a massive, massive issue for our man. If they didn't have Reen O'Neill, then a massive string to their ball. Like their main asset. Talisman. They wouldn't have they wouldn't have beaten Donegal. No, it so, definitely makes it a lot closer. I still I still fancy Donegal, but Wow, okay. I think it's I think it's a, a massive plus for Emma, obviously. Massive. And we'll see, to see him miss a championship match. We want to see this fella over and over again. We yeah. want to see them week in, week out, because these fellas are the, are what the championship is. Mm-hmm. So I'm delighted he's gotten off, to be fair. He wouldn't be much of a pundit if he changed his opinion 30 seconds later. But that's not our James O'Donoghue. It's his first year in the punditry game and he is nailing it and he was never going to do that there. Also uh, breaking news, Paddy, and it might back up your calls for Mayo. It's just been confirmed in the last three minutes that the Connacht quarterfinal is taking place in the new McHale Park, Hastings McHale Park, 4pm, Sunday the 24th of April. Cannot wait for that game. Donegal Armagh, by the way, is going to be live on BBC. So there you go. Is, are they on the same day? Uh, 23rd, 24th. I think it's Saturday night. Ah, magic. Sunday. Okay. Yeah, what that's going to be. They're two massive games. They are like, I am genuinely looking, oh. looking for the, both those games will be top they're class. On the same day, two o'clock, four o'clock. What day? The 23rd? 24th, Sunday, 24th. What a day. That's, that's the be. Sunday game, surely. Don't be thrown in a hurling match there between them lads. But like, they, they have to be live. Don't be thrown in a hurling match. It's round two of the Munster Championship, Limerick Waterford. Wexford, ah, Dublin. Yeah, do you know what? The they always stick their all in the hurlers. Like. They need another hour for the hurling. Put the hurling on somewhere else. Put the hurling on Saturday. Put it all on on Saturday night. Yeah. But the hurlers play on Monday, no? <sighs> yeah, exactly, yeah. There might be oh. an old wedding on. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> oh, lads, I'm turning my phone off. Jesus Christ. <laughs> oh, uh, can't be an old wedding. A sober wedding. We got distracted oh, there because I, I was about I was about to make the case for us common in uh, Connacht this year. No, go on. No, no, we're not writing off the Rossies. We're just calling it Jimmy thinks Galway are going to do it. I'm mm. sticking my flag to the mast. Mayor, I, I think Mayor are going to win that match. It hurts me to say it because I do I have a soft spot for for Galway and John Dively and Joyce and the work they're doing. But I, uh, I just think the matchups will suit Mayo better. And it, the fact that it's in McHale Park, the crowd are going to be electric. I think uh, I think Mayo will get over that one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not going to discount either of them having a big say in this year's All Ireland Championship between Galway and Mayo. But I don't think either of them in the form 
that they might be in later in the year. I think Ross, Roscommon are close to maxing out at the minute. Um, I think in a lot of ways they were quite lucky in the league to get through it from, from talking to a couple of teams that come up against them. Um, they felt like they had the beating of Roscommon and Roscommon were unbeaten in the league. Like, so there's something about Roscommon and that Roscommon team that I really like. They're playing a different way this year. There's a bit more steel about them. They have players playing in the right positions and their forwards are shooting the lights out. So I just yeah. think that whoever comes up against Roscommon in that kind of final, the Rossies have it in their DNA over the last couple of years that they can beat Goway and Mayo. Um, I just think that that's going to be a really competitive Connacht final. I'm going to kind of contradict myself here now as well. The 29th of May is a long time away as well. Do you know, a lot is going to happen um, between now and then. But uh, I know I you're talking about form there, though, Tommy. And I get, and I, I do, I get that. And Ross Common obviously was a big win for them. Beat Galway, Galway, albeit a second string Galway team. Yeah, beat those two games back to back. And they're right; they kick loads of scores. But I'm thinking the one team where I don't have a fear about form and can they get up for it is Mayo. Yeah, they've shown so many times with James Horan. <laughs> Form kind of goes out the window with Mayo. That when they get going and they can just literally turn it on in literally in between halves, never mind between weeks and weeks between games. I think if they get over Galway, they get into a kind of final against Ross Common. I'm not worried about Mayo's form. They're the one team that I think these guys can just turn it on the experience they have. So um on tip Armagh for Bolster and it's great news. Our good friend Reen O'Neill's got off, and I'm t- tipping Mayo to win the Connacht Championship. So, very quickly, can I get a player to watch from the, or from the Connacht Championship? I went with I went with Shane Walsh. Okay. Oh, he was going to go Shane Walsh. No, no, you go. No, I'll think so. I'll think of my feet here now as an experienced okay. podcaster. I went with Shane because, again, he is Galway's X Factor. Without him, he's yes. not going. He's not. They're not going to to beat any of the big sides unless he is firing. He is firing, and a hundred percent. When he turns it on, he could get six or seven from play from the forty. Like mm-hmm. it's a massive advantage for them. Plus, he's kicking freeze. He'll get the best at Comer. Take a bit of pressure off him. He'll take a bit of pressure off Conroy. So, if he hits form, I give Galway every chance. Paddy, let me guess. I know who you're going to pick this week. Right, go on. Yes, Peter. Ryan O'Donoghue. <laughs> I was thinking of that, yeah, but Pat, no. Pat Mulcrone last week got in touch. He wasn't happy with Paddy Andrews. Ryan O'Donoghue outscored each member of your full forward line and was constantly alluded to as Mayo's best player and one of the best yeah. players in Ireland. Definitely some recent recency bias in this selection. Yeah. One swallow never made a summer. Hashtag yeah. Mayo GA. And Anne-Marie got in touch. Anne-Marie Flynn. Now, Anne-Marie so what, huh? So what? What's your point? <laughs> like, recency boys. Yeah, it was. So what? Yeah, Highland still had a great league. So he did. <laughs> is, is awesome. And Shane McGregor? Oh, I could just yeah. imagine Jim Gavin's wife dealing with Paddy Andrews at the door. <laughs> <laughs> it, is, it is. They are here. Let me in. Let me out the back. So what? Now, Ryder Runner is very good and he's going to have a massive role from out. Uh, yeah. But... He wasn't in the team of the league, so let's move on. Anne Marie <laughs> got in touch as well and said, uh, No Rhino Donahue because freeze don't count on the scoreboard. Um, yeah. Now, I agree Anne-Marie, with that. Anne Marie came out and clarified that she had, in fact, watched your story three times and she ha- isn't going to ditch us 
as a listener. She is going to stay committed to the football pod. She was one of the cohorts that joined alongside Andy Moran last year when we first started getting going. So we haven't lost Anne-Marie. Good. A question on that. James, we actually spoke about it on, on the phone earlier. If Kenny O'Connor is back and he takes over the responsibility of taking the freeze, does that change Ryan O'Donoghue's role? Does it free him up a little bit? Because he has done exceptionally well taking over that mantle. But surely it's an added bit of pressure. That like, Does it take away from your game, James, if you're on freeze? No, I think it actually keeps you in the game and gets you in the game. Okay. Yeah. He has two things that get him into the game. First of all, he's an outrageously good tackler, Ryan. Yes. Uh, and you can stay in a game if you are tackling, get a turnover. It gives you a massive boost. Also, you might be quiet. You might not have had a shot at the post. If you get two or three frees, it seriously gives you that lift. Realistically, Killian's going to come and he's going to take those frees off him because he's a better free taker. Uh, we even saw it in the league final. When it comes down to it, um, you need someone tried and trusted. Killian's the man there. Um, so will it help Ryan? I don't know who taking the freeze off him. Probably not. But is it the end of the world? No, it's not either. Yeah, he's still going to have a massive say. Who, you, who are you going for your player to watch? Matthew Ryan. Okay, interesting. I'll tell you why. Because he's a massive player for Mayo. But like I say, I think they're going to win. I think they'll win the Connacht Championship. I think he'll have a massive part of it because... He'll, they'll need to get on top against Galway. Whether he'll match up with um, Tierney. Tierney or Paul Conroy as well, I'd say it probably would be Tierney on him. They're both massive players for Galway. Ruan needs to come out on top of that, and I'm thinking I think they probably will. Not just Matty Ram, but, but the Mayo middle third will get on top there, but he'll be leading that charge. And then you go into a Connacht final, and I think it's someone along the lines of Enda Smith, if he's operating around the middle third as well. Mm. I think Ruan is just nearly in a, in a way we touched on it with Tyrone. There's key players that make Tyrone tick, and when they don't when they don't play well, it affects the whole Tyrone system. I think Matty Ruan is that important to Mayo, and that the compliment to him that if he's on his game and driving forward, winning kickouts, dominating his opponent in the middle third, and driving Mayo forward, and he's a key part to that running game and clipping a couple of scores. I think there's big battles around the middle third against Galway for them and also if they get through to kind of final against Roscommon. So he'll be a key to that. Um, and he had a brilliant championship last season. So can he carry that on this year? Yeah, I like that. There are two great calls. And just to counter the accusation of recency bias that was levelled against us on the football pod. I agree. Like it was recency bias. But well, just to give an example happen. of another position that wasn't, John McGrath got in touch, former Wicklow footballer. Can't believe you included Shane Walsh in the team of the league, even though his first point on Sunday, his, his one point on Sunday, was his first score since 26th of February. And don't give me any guff about it not being all about scoring. Now, I just got to say that my moment of the league was Shane Walsh's goal against Cork. It was an oh, awesome Queeve, yeah. example of the ridiculous athleticism that these guys can get in the game. And, it, and actually... It was, it was Walsh burying a goal. It wasn't Walsh doing something outrageous and maybe, you know, not delivering. It was Walsh burying a goal. I think we've seen a little bit of maturity in Shane Walsh this year. We spoke about it in some of the earlier rounds of the league that it looked like Keane O'Neill and Joyce were getting something a little bit different out of him this year. He was injured in a game or two. He was taken off early in, in one or two games. So uh, I like that you picked that Shane Walsh. I like that you picked that Matty Ruan. Well, on that, did you say? Yeah. If Shane Walsh is taken out of the game, against Mayo or through any game in the summer Galway will have no impact in this championship 
we say Murphy's massively important for for essential. for Donegal. If like this is Joyce's third year in there now, Galway have been coming. They got relegated last year. They bounced back. They got promoted again. Won the FBD League. And Cedar's a bit of momentum. Okay, they lost towards the end of the league. This is a massive year for that group in Galway. For the coaches, for Shane Walsh as a player, there's no no doubt in his talent. He is exceptional. But if you're talking about arriving on the biggest stage and saying, I'm one of the best players in the country. He's one of the most talented players in the country, but I'm talking about being one of the best. You need to do He needs to lead that team to a Connacht Championship. He needs to go to Crow Park and dominate a game against one of the top teams and get Galway to an All-Ireland semi-final or an All-Ireland final. That's being one of the best players in the country, not the most talented. And you've seen Clifford do it. Yeah, That's what Shane wants. He ha- There's no doubt in his talent but he has to deliver this summer for himself, for his own standing in the game, but also for, for that Galway team. Otherwise, for three years into that project, he is that important. Comer's important, Conway's important, Matty Tierney, all these guys, but Walsh is their man. And if he's not on it, yeah. not going to be a good summer for Galway. Yeah. You need Sam Mulroy's whiteboard. Oh, no. What would you, if you were Shane Walsh and you had that whiteboard, what would you be writing on it? Well, um, I mean, he. Like, uh, <laughs> oh, he's Kyle again here. Look, he's it's nearly 10 o'clock at night. Uh, your brain just shut down when I. <laughs> he's he's like, rattled. Look at him. He doesn't know where to go. If I was Shane Walsh, what would I be writing on? <laughs> what would you, if you were Shane Walsh and you had Sam Monroy's whiteboard in your wall? <laughs> No, I think the Shane Watts... Shane Watts is a better player than Sam. He definitely... He definitely Paddy, there was no need for that. <laughs> no, I'm just, no I'm just, but I'm just saying, for him, oh, well, Shane like he has the talent. Shane oh, Watts should be the man. Yeah, but it, it, hasn't been. Come down, it comes down to a five or ten minute spell in a game where it's, it's at boiling point and you're thinking, right, is he going to step up here and get those two points to win it for us? Or is he going to go quiet and be marked out of it? That is what it comes down to. And that's what's going to come down to against Mayo probably. Do you know, there's going to be a time where no one else is, is able to do what he's able to do. He's going to have to step up in the last couple of minutes and just win it from. That's what it comes, that's what it comes down to. Simple as that. I it's do, mental. I, it's mental. Massive mm. fan of Mayo, but I, I would love to see Shane Walsh have a moment or a year like that. Where oh, yeah. Oh, it would, would, be, yeah. It would be oh, class would. to see a fellow like that delivering on all the promise and potential that he is exhibited and shown and all the all the moments um, the incredible moments over the last couple of years um, in typical fashion my stopwatch stopped working but I know for a fact we're way over time so the Leinster Championship we are not going to go through it game by game but I am going to ask you for a player to watch from each and I'm going to ask you for a player to watch from Munster as well can I get that off you and next week we'll go through the games because we have a lot of games to get through next week as well so in Leinster we're getting a lot of questions in about, you know, if the Dubs don't win. Joanne Taff wants to know, are Mead contenders for Leinster if the Dubs don't no. win? No. Uh, a lot of questions about Kildare being dark horses. There are even yeah. some questions, and maybe it's the fact that I was talking about it last week, about whether or not Loud can pull it out of the bag. Nobody really sees that happening this year, did it? Okay. No. Player, player to watch, please. I did go Kildare because... It comes down, I think Len- Leinster comes down to two players. It comes down to, with Dublin, if Conor Callan can get back to full fitness, yeah. um, 
but I can't say he's player to watch because he hasn't played yet. Mm. So I we was, don't know what his gonna, situation is going to be. I was hoping one of you would pick on. Yeah, it was, yeah, he's that important. He is. He is that important. It, it is going to the dub. The dubs come down to if they can get him on the field, they now have have a great chance. If they don't, I I, I don't think they'll reach the level. Even for Leicester, no. Oh yeah, okay, still, okay. still they're still Leinster. They'll still be favourites for Leinster. But I think that if Highland and I'm a big fan of his, if Highland can get his championship boots on, start kicking points for them, get on a roll early, I think that he can kick them to. Um, to a chance of Leinster. I'm not okay. saying that they're, that they're favourites or I'm tipping them to win it because I think the Dubs are still favourites for it. But mm. if he gets his gander up early, then he could do damage. Patrick? I agree with Khan. I think he's that important to them. Um, I don't see, I have to say, I don't see much from Maid. I'm sorry, Tommy. Um, I think Claire, a team you look at, Daniel Flynn, Daniel Flynn is in, I would put him in a very similar bracket to Shane Walsh. There's no doubt in his talent and his ability. But Kildare will have aspirations of winning the Leinster Championship. There's no two way. And I, and I think for the first time in, like I said, over a decade, the Leinster Championship is, there's a bit of a story behind this thing. That, like, Lowd are part of that, that story. Can, can they get a run and win a couple of games in the Championship? Potentially upset a couple of big teams. The foregone conclusion of Dublin that aura is gone. I still think Dublin will win the Leinster Championship. Put me on record for that. But I think there's a conversation now which wasn't there for about 10 years. Um, and I think Kildare are a big part of that. Despite being relegated, there's there's big positives there. The win over Dublin and Newbridge was a psychological thing. We were there, Tommy, that day. Yeah. Okay, it was early in the season. League, all that good stuff. But it was a big thing for Kildare to, to, to get that monkey off their back. You see the reaction of their coaches and their players. They will have their eyes on, on a Leinster Championship. And I'm thinking, how are they going to do that? If they come up against Dublin, or if they're going to win that and get over the line. like they, They're not doing that unless Daniel Flynn is consistent over 70 minutes in the big games. He has He's had brilliant moments against Dublin in the past. Last year's Leinster final, what, what an unbelievable goal. But they need 70 minutes from him leading and not just being one of the most talented players in the country, being one of the best players in the country. Exact same set of guidelines apply to Daniel Flynn as they do to, to Shane Waltz. You need to be there in the biggest moments consistently over the course of the championship for, for, for Claire to win the Leinster Championship. That's what they're going to need. He has to be he has to be leading them from the front. I'd actually put another one in here. Um, Fenton. I think I mean, he's Brian Fenton. For the first time, he's kind of he hasn't been at the levels. The unbelievable. He came in, didn't lose a championship match for whatever six years, all stars, I think nearly every year. And phenomenal, phenomenal player. And he probably hasn't hit his levels throughout this summer. Or throughout this the spring for Dublin. Mm. He gets back to playing at the Brian Fenton, like dominating, being the best midfielder in the country. He does that. That again, as much as Conor Callan coming back in, pushes Dublin realistically way out of, out of reach of other teams in Leinster and he's going to need to this is the question mark over Dublin there's loads of question marks over Dublin but it's these guys need to be at their peak now because the, the, the depth behind them isn't there Dublin are now relying on we need Conor Callahan back where they never spoke about injuries for three, four, five years it didn't matter there was someone else to come in Con coming back is massive for Dublin in terms of how they're going to perform the championship and Fenton getting back to his player of the year two time player of the year like 
Yeah. If he, him alone getting back to his best is is puts Dublin on a different different plane altogether as well. So I'm interested to see those two guys are, are, are essential for Dublin to have the success and, and for Kildare to do what they want to do in the championship. I think Daniel Flynn. Connor McGee actually just on the point of Fenton. Hi lads, loving the episode so far. Top class. Who should partner Fenton in Dublin's midfield, Paddy? Would you have top of your head who you would want there now? Do you want James uh, McCarthy? Okay. Okay. I was wondering, did you want James McCarthy in the half back line? But that's that's fair enough. Uh, just to give Joanne Taff credit for her question. Her question was, if Dublin don't win Leinster, who are we putting our money on? Any chance for Mead? Um, I think we'd be looking at Kallaire there on, on form, yeah. is what we're saying. Um, Darren McKeown wants to know, what way is Offaly versus Dublin looking in the Senior Football Championship? We'll come back to that next week. And Ryan Connolly, Monaghan to win Ulster, question mark. Roscommon to shock Connacht, question mark. Um, and Sorry, let's one sec. Okay, Paddy, you work away there. There's a third part of that question that we'll come back to again. James, to look at Munster quickly, there's two questions here that I wanted to put to you. Um, and one of them here sort of sums it up all together. And I've lost it. JJ Hutchinson wants to know, how do Kerry prepare for an All-Ireland semi-final after having such an easy monster campaign. Well, they don't go straight to a semi, do they? Not this year. Now, that's just yeah. JJ's question. So we're saying, hypothetically, they've won monster because obviously... And yeah. they've got sure the quarters because they're like, they'll they walk the quarters as well. That's kind of what, <laughs> that's what we're all saying. Let's go straight to the final, actually. This is what we're about on the football podcast. See, that's the attitude that you caught. Look, the carry they they're not thinking like that, obviously, but... Yeah. Are they? <laughs> there is no doubt, right? <laughs> that if you don't get a test early in the championship and you come up against a Dublin in a semi, you can be caught a bit cold. Or a throne. <clears throat> yeah. Or a Anyone at that stage. Yeah, any is it, is it is it Munster Ulster in the semi, is it? Or is it Munster? I, I, I forget every year. It's Munster. I thought, it's Munster. I wrote it down. But it's Kerry. So there's, there's the quarters as well, though. Right? Yeah, it's quarters. Yeah, it, 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 it's trickier this year to kind of map that yeah. out. Yeah, so you could have you could have Mayo or Ross Common in a quarter, or you could have a Donegal or a Monaghan in a quarter. Like the quarters yeah. are going to be tough this year. Yeah. Um, so well, JJ's writing that off anyway. Worried about. That's probably the one you'd be worried about. You'd be worried about the quarter final if you got caught against the Donegal there um, after. Especially if they have Cork and Killarney, where you'd expect them to win it fairly comfortably. Um, Latest news is it's going to be a neutral venue, but this is flip flopping back and forth. Lads, that game is going to be in Porky. <laughs> mark, uh, mark your card now. That's going to Porky. It, 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 Cork can't back out at it. They can't go to Limerick. There'll be war if it goes to Limerick. It's, they were saying Gaelic grounds, weren't they? Yeah, Gaelic grounds or Semple, I think. But I presume Semple would be. Semple's hurling take, Taken up that weekend. <laughs> Yeah. There they go, the hurlers again. Sticking the R in. Thought you named Semple in one of your top three places to play in. It is, but if they were going neutral venue, they go in. Yeah, they go to Limerick. They go Gaelic Crowns. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Made them Porky Rim. I think, I think, I wonder, was there a little bit of, uh, was there a little tongue in cheek from JJ? It probably wasn't. He was probably spitting facts. But can I just say that the mini round robin that we're going to see on the weekend of April 30th, May 1st, Tipper playing Waterford, Clare playing Limerick. They're going to be very, very, very competitive games. Mm-hmm. Um, this, I thought this was interesting. Like outside of Kerry, obviously, Clare are the highest ranked monster team. Yeah. And you were saying, Jimmy, you don't fancy them. You're 
saying Tip will come through that side to play Kerry in the Munster final. No, and I Tip said, from I the vision forward. I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if Tip had a scalp. Yeah, I think they always seem to get it together at the right time. Do you know, and they they only won Munster two years ago. Yeah, no, no, I, I just thought I thought it was interesting, like, yeah, that the Clare being in Division 2 and that they probably need a big championship win. Clare. Like, like, look, they're not, Clare are going to win the Munster Championship, but it's like, who's going to get to the to the Munster final? And you're thinking the work Colin Collins has done over the last eight, seven, eight years with Clare, unbelievable. And they're probably looking on enviously in terms of Tip winning that championship a couple of years ago. And Clare haven't had that that big moment in the Munster Championship. And I think they'll come out the other side. I know Limerick and Billy Lee, the work they've done, they kind of come out of nowhere and get promoted into Division 2. They'll join Clare there next year. Tip, obviously, okay, fall short in the Division 4 final, but they do have that big championship in behind them a couple of years ago. Um, and they're back up into Division 3, which is still probably not... They want to be up another level again. But I, I, I think I'd like to see Clare get through that side of the draw, win, win those couple of games and get into a Munster final against Kerry. Look, anything could happen, but yeah. it's I think big, it's the one province where it's, it's generally reminds you of Leinster a few years back. It's like, Kerry are going to win this really, no matter what. It's a massive three weeks for both Clare and Limerick in terms of getting bodies back on the pitch. Um, I think for both counties, Limerick were missing a couple of players. Um, in the league final, Clare were missing a couple of players throughout their league campaign. For both of them to have a full pick, That'll be a, a very, very good game on, I think it's the Sunday, um, Sunday the 1st of May. So, the only team there. So Tip can go into the Talton Cup. Limerick can't. Clare can't. Cork no. can't. No. Tip and Waterford. Tip and Waterford are the only two that can go into the Talton Cup. They're eligible. Yeah. Eligible, yeah. yeah. So okay. we'll, we'll wait and see. We have a couple of questions about the Talton Cup. We might save them for... A little closer to when the Tatchin Cup is coming into into focus. Um, can I get your players to watch in Munster? Are you both sticking with Kerry footballers or are you going outside of it for the provincial championships here? I, I was leaning towards Stephen Sherlock and Cork. Okay. I I, I like what I've seen from him. He's yeah. kind of stood up. We, we said the challenge for, for Keith Rickon and Cork was kind of trying to find some firepower to support Brian Hurley. And I think he's stepped up. He's obviously done very well with the bars and the club scene and he's come in and carried that in and was impressive in Cork. They're kind of late run to stay in Division 2 but ultimately we're looking at the Munster Championship there. I think Kerry are going to win beat Cork convincingly. I think he's going to be up against it to get scores against that Kerry defence. So kind of it's null and void for him but it'll be interesting to see how he'd go in the Talton or in the in the back door obviously for, for Cork. Yeah. Um Outside of that, it's hard one because like that's fine. Stephen Sherlock's your pick. That's okay, but I don't think he's going to do. It. I don't think he's going to be able to do it just because of the draw. Well, if it's in Parky Rail, like that's a big day for Stephen Sherlock to stand up for Cork in the championship and, and deliver if he can. You know, um, he, could get, he could get four or five worldies from playing Parky Rail. I tell you, the way the Cork forwards kick in Parky Rail is different. No wonder it's, you don't want to play them there. Look at Jimmy; it's a conspiracy. I, I was playing on a 20s team, 21s, and we had an unmerciful dusting we got off Cork. Aidan Walsh's year. Wow. Kieran Sheehan, they had... What year was that? Was Mark Collins on the region? 2010. We did, they had us in the nine semi-final in Turles. Kieran, all those lads were playing. Lost by points. Yeah, they were excellent. But they won it that year, yeah. 
Maybe it was 2011, actually, I think it was. But um, they were kicking points from like 45 on the sideline, inside the boot, outside of the boot. The crowd was up. It was just awful place to be. If they get if they get going in Parky Rint, their their forwards will kick points, but they're not strong enough at the back to stop the Cliffords and Gainies of this world. Like. They also have massive injuries at the minute in defence. Cork. Um, who's your player to watch, James? Clifford. I've gone Kerry. <laughs> I have this new fella called David Clifford. Uh, no, I'm going to go with Dermot O'Connor. Okay. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Flying. I had a good league. Um, way more in the locker. And Kerry need him. Do you know, he's actually, he has a responsibility on his shoulders this year to go and, and lead him from midfield. So I think it'd be interesting to see how he gets on. Um, I'm a big fan of his, Jimmy. Yeah, he's excellent. Baller. I think he's very good. Very good. Is he a 12 or is he a midfielder? No, he's an eight. He's an eight, but he, he took his time to fill out into an eight. Hmm. He was playing 12 when Peter Keane brought him in because he was, he was young and he was kind of... Wiry. Ball. He needed to put on a couple of kg and he did. And he now is an excellent, in, in excellent shape uh, to go midfield. He's playing more of a defensive role. Like considering he came from the forwards, he seems mm. to be very tuned into his defensive responsibilities, and he can pick out a pass. So, and there's always a score on him. So, I think it's yeah. a big year for him. I like him. Just before we move on, April the sixth, two thousand and eleven, seven thirty p.m. Parky Rin, Cork two twenty four, Kerry eight points. <laughs> <laughs> no wonder he doesn't want this game in Porky Rin. You've just settled everything here, Jimmy. The way you've described that, there's no way Cork are leaving that place. Yeah. Doesn't have the same ring as Newbridge or nowhere, like Porky Rin or nowhere. They need to think of something a bit more catchy than that. Like 22 points on a beautiful night for football. 6,000 supporters filed through the turnstiles. Barry O'Driscoll. Um, Asler. The, star, the yeah, scoring star that day. 1 6. Mark Collins kicked seven points. Dunlog Hodnett, 1 4. Yeah. Kieran Sheehan, three points. Jamie Wall kicked two points from wing back that day. For Kerry. Did Paul he get Ganey, Jamie Wall got two points? I was marking him. Was, he, was Jamie marking you wing back? <laughs> he, was, he was an animal of a player. He was a brilliant yeah. player. Yeah. Superstar. Julester. Yeah. He's going to have a big say in management down the line as well. You yeah. can already see it at college level. So Paul Ganey kicked two points that day. Uh, Barry John Walsh, Di Casey, I presume from Crokes, kicked a oh, point yeah. each. James O'Donoghue, who you top scored for carry that day with three points. So I beat oh. him by one. Hold on, two for All freeze. All one, freeze. From play, one from play, one from play. It Two frees and a fisted point. <laughs> <laughs> I love that rule. Thank God it was yeah. there. Yeah. Um, Ed Walsh, Ed Walsh, Captain Cork back then. Now, what a team! Damien Cahalan, full back. Ooh, beast. John O'Rourke, wing forward. O'Rourke didn't even score that day. Like that was a cracking Cork side. What on earth Ooh. happened to Cork? Who won the twenty-one All Ireland that year? Eleven. The goal we beat them that year in the All Ireland final. Thomas Flynn, somebody in my college, was my. Uh, was Bulls won it the year before, yeah. Cabri Hero of the Year that year, yeah. Um, yeah, there you go. That that, is... Parky Rin is a dangerous venue. I think we were favourites that day. <laughs> well, it, it, seemingly, Peter O'Toole was right into the exam the back year. then. Yeah. Oh, did you? Were you on the panel that year? So the following year, we beat them in Tralee, handy enough. And they were favourites. 
the home venue does make a big difference, Kerry Cork, to be fair. There you go. There you go. We settled it there. Yeah. Put that up on Twitter. Hope the Monster Counter an hour. I hope the Monster Counter are listening tonight. Um, but that game was delayed 45 minutes because ah, they couldn't. Crowd trouble. The, we had our warm up done. Do you know that was what cost us? This is it. That was the 22 Cork point. They knew that it was going to be delayed and they held their warm up. No, but on a serious note. That same they, thing. They, Funny they you mention that. They can't take enough people in that, in that stadium. And the traffic will be outrageous. It'll be delayed if it's on a parking run. The, uh, when Kerry bet us in the 2009 quarterfinal, we had our warm-up done early as well. The best be 17 points. Really? Yeah, we, we, were, we, were, we were so warm. like, And then... <laughs> so, I agree. I agree. Like, like jelly. Yeah. Yeah, 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 they were after about five minutes. Jesus. Anyway. Well, that's, well we, we got through an awful lot this week, lads. Thanks very much. Um, there were two things I wanted to give a shout out to this week. Owen Bradley's sideline point with the outside of the left for the club at the weekend. Magic. See you, Paddy. I don't know if I sent it on to you. Oh, they'd have seen it. Seen it. Sk- Skinner lad on Twitter. Bradley's been chatting about it himself. And also, we mentioned earlier on, Emily Mulligan uh, reaching 100 appearances for Leitrim. Like, it is crazy when you think of it. Emily Mulligan made his debut for Leitrim back in 2006. The man didn't play in Crow Park until 2019. It what? just goes. It just goes to show. Yeah, twenty nineteen, division four, right. division four league final against Derry. Um, we obviously played with you club level, Paddy. You mentioned it earlier on. So yeah, yeah, that is it. There are a couple of things that I have in my back pocket for next week. James O'Donoghue, um, you have a story that you're going to tell us. Do I? You're going to try and outdo Paddy Andrews on the viral stakes next week. I hear that the hurling pod lads. They loved it last week, James Scarl and Paul Murphy, and they are working on a couple of yarns themselves. James Scarl is currently in touch with a couple of players from a, an infamous all-star trip to find out, is he allowed to tell a certain story? So, uh, you know. All-star tour is different. Like you can't keep, be careful with those stories. Keep an ear out on that one. Just to mention as well, the Fantasy Gaelic Football League. There is a new league in place now for the championship. Go sign up. Join our Football Pod League. We're going to put out the, the code this week. James O'Donoghue, I'm going to send you your password. Paddy Andrews, I'm going to share my screen with you and pick your team for you <laughs> side by side. Magic. And, uh, we, we'll get it going again. Thanks to everyone who took part last year and thanks to everyone who's tuning into the Football Pod. Uh, it's great to have you all on board. Lads, any last words? Oh, there is one final thing. Can I keep you for five more minutes? And we'll only do five minutes on it. There's one final question that came in. Go Dave on. McCann. Considering that Andy, Paddy, and James were now, I don't know if the James is true. We're all serious un, underage soccer players, mm. and all credit playing soccer, helping their GA. Have you any thoughts on four thirteen-year-olds being dropped for non-attendance at training or playing soccer? Really, was was the inference here that the the issue was? This is now the story in Offaly that four players are dropped from their under fourteen development squad after playing in an SFAI Cup quarterfinal for Edenderry Town last Saturday against Shamrock Rovers. It clashed with an Offaly training session. The Offaly under-14 panel is managed by All-Ireland winning boss with the under-20s last year, Declan Kelly, who is also the head of their football development unit. Offaly are clearly trying to get stuff together at underage level. Things are clearly working in ways for them. Um, One of the things that emerged from this was that the players all had to sign a player's charter. We Mm. had our eyes on this. I don't know if you ever had to sign a player's charter, Paddy. I've seen these before, yeah. This is something came out with our club about this a couple of really? years ago as well. Oh, yeah, really? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think it was overly simplistic. I seen the headlines on Twitter and I was kind of raising an eyebrow with this four players drop for playing soccer. I think that's mm. 
it's a bit, bit of, more. It's a bit more. There's a bit more context to it than that. Like, and and awfully, I see the reaction on social media around the saying, "What a disgrace!" Blah 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 blah. There's more to it than that. Like, it's the players. It's not because we're playing soccer. They missed the training session, which is the big thing. I would say. And I've seen Michael Dignan's uh, response to it, and, and I, I know the work that Michael Dignan and, and the volunteers in, in Offaly are doing behind the scenes to to have that success. Like winning an under-20 All-Ireland last year, the work that was going in in that county in their youth development is phenomenal. And that has to be, it's unbelievably admirable, and you have to respect for that as well. The issue of it, I would feel, asking 13-year-old players to sign these charters that is the issue. If you go down that road with players at that age or the parents at that age, you are running the risk of this, of these things happening. Ultimately, the players are 13 years of age or 14 years of age and they're the ones that are suffering because of this. If you, you don't come training for us, well, then you're gone from the county panel. I don't think that's fair to put any players at that age. And that is not just Offaly GA, this is across the board. Yeah. To ask them to make a commitment around that. I have spoke at length about this on this podcast and, and, and other people the same. The benefit you get from playing multiple sports at that age, even okay, it's a, it's elite level playing in the SFAI Cup, playing for your inter-county squad, that is a big commitment, but the benefits you'll get from playing these sports, basketball, rugby, soccer, GA, hurling, everything, you'd always find as well that the best young players at one sport are usually probably the best players in the other codes as well. Mm. So it's a constant challenge that you're going to have. And you've got to put the player at the forefront of this. You say, look, understand, and asking guys to, to sign a charter at 13 or 14 years of age, you are going to have issues like this. That, that I think, is the issue. That is too structured and formal. I can see why they're doing it because they want to have that commitment and that kind of center of excellence and get that kind of discipline built into to these guys from a young age. But that is too young to be doing that. Okay. It has to be give and take. Maybe at under 17 level, you get into that when they're getting into championship squads. They're saying, look, you need to make a choice at that stage. But to ask players to do that at 13 years of age, I think that's, I would have probably an issue with that. I can see what Offaly are trying to do. Mm. Like well, Offaly, the Offaly County Board, and I would happily go on the record and say that they have come across as one of the most progressive forward. Oh, yeah. And that, that's why this, the coverage of this, saying it's because they played soccer is not, that's not fair either. Well, it, it actually wasn't the reason because the players themselves actually didn't put down why they weren't at the session, which is the player yeah. charter. You had to explain why you missed the session. So, mm. and I was thinking, surely there must have missed other sessions, but no. It's coming from one Saturday. Four players are missing. James, quickly, because we're, we're running out of road here on the pod. I would like to get your take on this. Would you have signed a player's charter at the age of 13 if it was put in front of you when you were joining the Kerry Development Squad at that age? I don't know if you, you did. I suppose if it was put in front of you, you would because... But you shouldn't be asked. To, you shouldn't be putting that in front of a 13-year-old kid. Like. Arguably, you shouldn't. But the code of conduct, I saw it. Most of it is kind of you will be punctual and you will respect your coaches and you will... It's trying to set standards. It's just setting standards. You'll wear your gear at all times. Like, it's nothing outrageous. Um, and one of the points is then you will attend all the sessions. Um, but the, the way Offaly are going at this, they definitely have... They definitely have a mindset of it's it's all in or, or not in at all. I think that that's the way they're going. But from a personal point of view... And um, I don't appreciate you questioning my soccer skills. 
I just couldn't remember. I don't know, but yeah, he was useless. No, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I know you did. You, told uh, you did play Kenley Cup, didn't you? I did. I did. Yeah. Um, I played no. in Old Trafford a couple of times. <laughs> but when I was younger, I like football was always kind of more pressure. Say for for me and our group as as youngsters, whereas soccer was like a nice release um, and a, and a way to escape football at times because we knew the football was our number one, but soccer was a nice way to go at times at different stages. And if football is not going great for you, maybe you're having a bad time. You need that other thing that might be going well just to kind of to save you a bit. Step overs, like yeah. Yeah, exactly. Throw a few, throw a few dummies that way. But like to, to ask them to commit to just football, I think is a bit too much, just because it's too much for stressing them. Uh, I think to have I, that release to go play. I, I think that's the issue. I agree. They're trying to set standards, and and that's admirable. And I I accept that. Represent your county, even at, at thirteen or fourteen or fifteen years of age, is a great honour to be able to do that. But I think being asked to to make a decision now at thirteen years of age, you're you're in with us, and that's it. Disregard hurl and disregard rugby, disregard soccer, everything, everything else. I just don't think that's right. And I think that's where they're, they're, that's how this is all escalated. If that's not there, then there's a, an understanding. You can, geez, look, maybe you're not, if you're going playing soccer, play soccer for that period of time. And ultimately, I think if these four kids and they're the guys who are suffering at the, at the bottom of the end of this, you can't forget them. If they're brilliant players. I'm pretty sure Laffley are going to come looking for those these guys again come under 16 or under 17 championship. It's just unfortunate the way it's been handled. I think it's unfortunate the way it's been portrayed in the media that Offaly are being seen as the bad guys here because guys are playing soccer. There's far more context to it than that. Um, and I think you should appreciate and give kudos to, to the work that Offaly have done and the success they've had. I just think that how this has been handled and players' charters at that age, lads, it's... It's messy at senior level when you start getting into this. But that do it at, at 13, 14 years of age. <clears throat> You're always going to run a foul of things like this then. Hopefully, hopefully we're not the, losing. The, one of the things that was that they were saying was that it's a split season. So they only get a couple of months access to these players and they want access to them during that period with no distraction. Mm. So it's not like they're saying, right, we have you for 12 months. You're not to do anything else. It was more of a... We have you for four or five months, so will you give us your full cooperation for that four or five months so we can get you to a higher level? Um, whether that's right or wrong is is arguable, but I think that's just to give it the fair argument. I think that's what the way it was penned out, wasn't yeah. it? And the issue is they're going up against rugby and soccer at the same time, and like clubs, counties don't talk to each other really in the GA. We see fixture clashes all the time. Like you're not, it's very difficult to expect associations at underage level. Maybe it can be done. I don't know to, to be liaison. But look, that's it. Hopefully those four young footballers aren't lost to awfully football and some sort of resolution can come out of this because, um, yeah, it, it's just a story that caught the eye. And especially considering that James, Apologies for questioning your background in soccer. You are a townie. Of course, you are very good at soccer. I apologize profusely. Are we right back? I told you before, lazy left winger. Don't be sniffing at the right back. David, Cl- David Clifford was a centre back and a left back in soccer. <laughs> a left winger. Uh, John Robertson, now I remember. Left winger, Giggsy. Okay. Winger, just over the top. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Like Mbappe. Likewise. The Mbappe of Clarny. <laughs> well, that is 
Episode 12 of the Football Pod with Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue. It is brought to you in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more. I am going to go checking through Sportsfile now for photographs of both Paddy Andrews and James O'Donoghue wearing the toughest. So I'm going to, I'm going to go over <laughs> that. So, thank you very Imagine. much. It's fantastic having you all on board, listening in every week and getting in touch, even if you're giving us stick for the teams of the week, of the league that we picked last week. So what? Uh, Check out, check out our <laughs> predictions. I will be putting them up. The lads' predictions for the All Ireland Provincial Series this year. We can't wait for the championship to get going. We will chat to you again next Tuesday. Enjoy listening this week. Thanks, lads. Good night. Thanks, Good night, lads. The Football Pod on OTB Sports in partnership with AIB, proud sponsors of the GAA Senior Football Championship. Check out hashtag the toughest for more.